Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. That's right, everybody. Welcome to episode 135, Nick and Matt Show. This episode presented by Cosmic Disc Golf. Check them out at CosmicDG.com. Nick, I'm wearing one of the coolest hats that they have provided, and I am happy yeah. to wear it. Go check them out. Uh, they're doing a lot of things. Get paid to be a TD and more. Nick, busy, crazy week of disc golf. You had your oh own gosh, things. Yeah. We had our yeah. own things. Uh, you interested to hear what went down at Welcome to the Jungle between me and Ben? I am very interested to hear what went down. Okay. Ben, are you here? I'm here. No, pull your camera. Oh, I want to see you. I want to see you. There you Hi. go. <laughs> so we put a poll up after round one of this B tier. This is the first time Ben's playing an M1 with me. Yes. We put up a poll because we had just shot even the same score first round in the woods. Impressive, Ben. You were coming a long way as an intern. Thank you. I'm trying. Trying my <laughs> hardest. And then we go to round two. We said, who's going to win? And I told Ben, I said, when we put this poll up, you are getting all the votes. He's like, no, there will be a few empathizers, sympathizers. And I was like. I voted for Matt. Yeah, I saw that, Nick. Thank you. Those who voted for me, <laughs> I appreciate the, the vote of confidence. We went to Meadowbrook, much more open bomber course. It was rainy. It was oh, windy. It was 48 degrees. Bad weather. What do you think happened? Ben? You and I tied. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know if that was a chat question, but yes, yes, we tied. It was actually a very interesting uh, tied ending. I triple bogeyed whole 16. So Matt's licking his chops, thinking like, ah, like <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this. And uh, I luckily birdied hard 17, birdie 18. It was swirly winds. It was, it was crazy. It was, it was brutal. Like I had a zone just flip up on me in 17. It was pouring. So it was bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting, I'm setting the scene. So he's at Tournament Central. Yes. And he goes, oh, Matt and I are tied. But if he birdies 17. Then he's going to have the advantage, par 18. Well, I don't birdie 17. And I'm like, yeah. So I go into 18. I go, it's a very birdieable hole. I throw my drive in. the. I'm telling you, it's stupid wind, rain. It was bad. It was Cold bad. hands. Like, I couldn't get dry. Shout out to Max Wax. Free placement there. I really used it. I was desperate. Like I used it too once. Yep. Just rubbing it all from my hand. Wet disc and all. Yep. I yep. rip it down there. And I'm in good position for the birdie. <clears throat> I throw a shot. Knowing very full well, do not throw that flip this. There's OB there near the basket. Do not. I throw a hyzer. Yes, with a comet. Mistake in hindsight. It flies pretty hyzerish, flattens up, and it's still carrying good. I'm like, ooh, this is gonna be good for a birdie. It tipped more and it slid OB by like a foot. Oh, yeah. I thought it was over. <laughs> and I, I literally stood there in the rain. Just picture it dramatically. I, I rejoiced. He's down at Turner. I was like, yes! <laughs> And I'm and I'm feeling like depressed. Chip. Here, go three up. We need to see Evan's okay. facial reactions. Yeah, he's laughing. And I'm literally. I look over at the the crew that was with us. Like there was a few people, and just generally the card. We're the lead card coming in, the last card. And I'm like, I just threw OB. It's over. And everyone's building around the fact that I wasn't going to win the event. 
But that they knew there's like, is there a Nick and Matt bo- bat going on? I'm like, yes, there is. <laughs> or a hotchet. So he has the whole TD Central, everyone that's waiting there to see who wins, 25 people or whatever. I step up and I go, dude, it's a 75-footer in the rain pouring down my face, elevated on a stupid tractor. No, no offense, Dave. It's it was it's beautiful. And I'm I'm standing here like 70, like this is impossible. Like, I don't care right now about my placement. I just need to tie. And I said in my head, if there's ever a time to do it, it's right now. I stepped up, put it up, gave it a real chance, put it in, and you better believe Ching. everyone's fist bumping and high fiving. Top three, yeah, top three part of my disc golf sixteen years for sure. Seventy five feet in the rain, wind, just boom. It, it was straight in too, and it didn't I, deviate. I wish I could have seen your face, Ben. Well, so I would have looked right at him. I, I I already told I already told Matt this, but literally I was like, I hope he makes this because we're either way, worst case scenario, we tie, and none of us get to eat the chip. So I literally said like. Now, now I want him to do good, and I hope he makes it. Now I do, and he canned it, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, Matt!" And then we were all like, "I was like, yeah!" Started clapping. Nick, you always say it: a thousand-rated putter. If only I could throw, yep. I might go somewhere. Exactly. I, Matt has always been an incredible putter since I've started playing with him, and since he taught me how to play, he's always been a very, very good putter. Yeah, it, so Matt's an incredible putter, but it's so funny. Every, I think every single round I've ever played with him, he has one shot. Where he just shakes it to the right, first available, but he's like, oh, oh. And it's like so every bad. single round. Well, you get one, you get once around, but just like shake this video, right. like this video, if you can relate, once around. Okay, <laughs> so we had a big major that just happened, Champions Cup. Um, Matt, let me cut you off really quick. Yeah, okay. We do need it. to give out a shout out to everyone on YouTube. The Nick and Matt show has crested over nine thousand yes. subscribers. And that is all thanks for everyone tuning in on Monday nights with us and checking it out after Monday nights if you're not joining in live. But anyways, thank you for subscribing, turning on those notifications. We very much appreciate it. But Matt, back to you with Champions. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, our audio listeners aren't usually a part of that subscriber number. Our audio listeners, come on. You guys can top the YouTube listeners. If you're listening and you haven't subscribed, subscribe. Okay. Champions Cup. Massive major. Well, they're all massive. This has become an exciting major first of the year. And I think that's part of it. It's the first mm-hmm. of the year. There's a lot of excitement mm-hmm. there. Evan, we're going to let you do the MPO recap. It's a little bit different to our listening audience. We're going to split these up. We're bringing in Hannah Macbeth for the FPO recap with Evan. Evan will bring it and Hannah will give us her insight on what's happening in the FPO division. There's a lot happening. So mm-hmm. Evan, go ahead and take away the MPO recap. Then we're going to play a game related to Champions Cup. Then we've got Isaac Robinson. Then we've got Hannah in the FPO recap. Then we have likely Silas Schultz following that incredible performance. Packed show. Stick around. It's going to be awesome. Evan, take it away. Yeah, it, it was an exciting weekend of the first pro major of the year. And you said it's a nice springtime uh, slot. I think it's also really nice that we finally hit the woods on tour. Uh, we've had a lot of open courses. We've had a lot of beautiful open courses, but a specific kind of disc golf. They were in the woods at WR Jackson and that was exciting i loved watching every minute of it it felt like oh this is like true classic disc golf here with the major with incredible disc golf on the line all around it was an exciting four days if you did not get to watch it yet either live or post definitely tune in even though we're going to tell you everything about it right now still worth the watch isaac robinson takes it down which i'm not even going to go any further that was ben's pick so shout out to ben getting that yep. uh, we'll have to roll at some point we'll keep that one uh 
keep that one passed. And can you pull that clip up real quick, Ben? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Quick. All right, I got it. I already got it. Okay, put it to the microphone. This was his pick last week. My pick of Isaac Robinson. Ready? Yes. Go. All right, so I I don't have the stats. I have I have all gut and all heart. Gannon Burr. Uh, no. It's gonna shock you, Mattio. No. Oh, Cat Burst. <laughs> yes, Cat. Please, if you win. Um, for MPO, I'm gonna go Isaac Robinson. Why? Whoa, big time. All good, all, all hard for my from my heart. I think it's gonna be Isaac Robinson. He's gonna flay the woods. Intern Ben. All right. So wow, that's it. I I predicted it. Yep. That's crazy. That is crazy. Actually, I know. You guys didn't believe me. That might be the hottest pick on our show ever. And that fun fact. Hottest pick that worked e- out. Evan yeah. has to. Yeah, hottest pick that worked out. Yes. Top five. I'm going to say this. Top five disc golf prediction all time. Someone can debate me on that. All time. Top five. Dis- who- it's hard to debate. We don't know everyone's picks. Back to Isaac you, Evan. Back I don't know you, about Evan. that. It's not like Isaac Robinson a was a nobody. But yeah, it was exactly. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know if anyone. But it's a good one. Literally pick. playing in his home state, yeah. one of the best yeah. golfers uh, on tour. And you he's guys like, said, oh, wow. best pick of all time. Dark all right, let's get, let, all right, let's get into it. Evan. He won. Get Isaac Robinson it. won Idlewild last year. He won that in a big victory. He went wire to wire in that LWS Open at Idlewild victory. Uh, he goes in a Champions Cup, gets the lead after the first round, shoots the hot round, keeps the lead through all four rounds, uh, leading the tournament through every single point. That is a wire to wire victory. His second wire to wire win of his career with only having two wins uh, at the tour level. I should be specific at. He has plenty of more PDGA wins. His uh, event rating was 1060. That's 27 points above his rating. Absolutely phenomenal. He finished 19th last year, uh, jumping up big time to earn the $14,000 uh, for first prize. He had a slow start to the season two. He finished 82nd at um, Las Vegas Challenge early in the year. Went to 45th at Waco, 25th at Open in Austin, 52nd at Texas States before starting to hit his stride. And he went ninth at Music City, fifth at Innova Blue Ridge Championship before coming in first at the Champions Cup. Uh, that is a good trend line. Uh, hopefully, you can keep it up. Uh, in second place, we had Eagle McMahon playing in the woods and looking phenomenal. Uh, through some forehands, not not crazy hard power. I don't think off the tee, but a lot of approach for or a good amount of forehand approach approaches forehand. Uh, he looked phenomenal. Gets a tied for second finish, which means that's his first U.S. major podium. I'm making that clarifier. Of course, he won European Open last year and Kona Peach Day before that. Um, Eagle Man also owned the uh, most previous five plus stroke victory at a major Isaac Robinson also did it by five strokes. So he sets that, uh, that new recent record, uh, Nicholas Antela also finishes on the podium. That's back to back majors. He finished on the podium. Of course he was, uh, leading USDGC going to the final round, but ultimately finished second, still an incredible finish. And then I think one of the stories of the tournament, and we'll talk to him later, but Silas Schultz, he was ranked 74th in the world, according to the Statmando official rankings, heading into this event. He's played some events on tour. I don't think he's really made a name for himself to uh, to the common pro, pro disc golf fan. Of course, he was known throughout pro disc golfers, but uh, he was making a run of it in the final round. I think he was he on a heater. I think he was eight down through nine. Uh, birdies 10. He goes into hole 11 in the final round hits chains on his drive and and watching this live and like looking up the stats interacting with other people 
it was like, oh my goodness, like this guy is playing the best disc golf we've ever seen in ever. Um, like 18 down territory potential uh, before eventually cooling off in the back nine, but still getting a very, very, very good finish at fourth. Um, some other names in the top 10, we had Aiden Scott, who is a disc golf pro tour rookie with his, he finishes tied for seventh along with Gannon Burr and Chris Clemens. Uh, that sets them to be number one in the disc golf pro tour rookie standings. Of course they changed up the rookie of the year this year. So it's a vote. It's not directly based on your standings, but that does give a good idea. And along with Vino Makala, uh, Chris Dickerson and James Conrad finished 11th. Chris Dickerson is the back, or sorry, the reigning champion. Uh, did not go back to back, excuse me. Uh, and James Conrad came in from Monday qualifying to finish 11th. Of course, that was the whole registration issue. Uh, and then I think the last name I'll really cover is Simon Lazat in 13th. Um, not the most amazing finish, but still a very good one for Simon. Uh, he, with that, actually jumps up to fourth in the Statmando official rankings, pushing Paul McBeth to fifth. And this is a very stable, long-term ranking system. That's the first time Simon's ever been ranked higher than Paul McBeth in his career. Ever in history. Very cool to see. And of course, that comes off the back of, you know, the five Pro Tour wins and finally just gained enough points to pass McBeth, uh, who finished in 20th with a three-way Paul tie with (laughs) Paul Oman. And Massachusetts home, homegrown player of Paul Kranz. He, he's Massachusetts, Paul right? Paul Kranz, baby. Am world he's, champ, shows up. That was my dark horse. Yeah, pick. Massachusetts. Wow. Way to go, Paul. We're proud of you. Oh. At one point, Paul actually had the solo lead before the lead card had teed off. He was filleting the course, especially on the back nine, I think, that round. And, yeah, his name was all the way up. We were talking about it in our group chat. So, shout out to Paul Kranz. Awesome to watch. Very, very fun to keep along with the live scoring on that. Yes, absolutely. So that's the MPO recap. There's so much to talk about. Storylines. I mean, how much can we pack into two hours when we also try to cover FPO? We also try to have fun. There is a lot happening. Interviews, two, maybe three guests mm-hmm. tonight. So um, we are going to actually, I, I think we could actually just go right into the interview. Let's just do it. Let's get this thing kicked off, right? Let's jump in right into Isaac Robinson, everybody. The current reigning champion of um, the Champions Cup. Champion of the Champions Cup. What's up, Isaac? Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Can't hear him. We don't hear hear you. Do you hear us? Give us a thumbs up, yeah? Yeah, okay. He hears us. Okay. We'll figure it out. He's pulling the ear pods out for our audio listeners. Ear pods out. It's possible. Yeah, there you go. He he knows. He's a champion. He's dropping out. He's going to come back in. He's he's seen Gannon too many times. Have struggled with. <laughs> with the good news is not drive. They're not driving down the road right now. Or at least he's not. Um, it looked like he was sitting outside. So we'll let him reload back in. And um, okay, he's back in. I don't know. Can we hear you now? Can we hear you now, Isaac? Yell at us. Isaac, can you hear us? You can't can hear, hear us? Me? Yes. Can you hear us? Good. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, you're good. Whoa. I can. Yeah. Wonderful. Perfect. It took it took Perfect. a few times, so we got you. So again, congratulations, dude. Massive major. We've interviewed you before for Idle Wild Open uh champion. This I think is a lot bigger. <laughs> How do you feel about it, man? What is it like? <laughs> Man, it's uh, it's something else. Um, it hasn't quite sunk in yet. Like every time I think about it, 
it just feels like a new, like a new excitement, um, which is kind of, kind of a neat thing. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just super exciting. Um, still getting used to the feeling. Well, well, I guess, yeah, let's just kind of jump right into it. Just talk to us about your game plan going into the week and then talk to us about how you were able to execute all the shots that you did. Just give us the rundown of how this weekend went for you. Yeah, so I went into the week. Um, Jackson is one of my, if not my favorite course, definitely in the top three. Uh, so I was just super excited to play the course. Um, the practice rounds went all right. Like they were nothing fantastic. Um, and then, you know, game day came and, uh, I got asked if I wanted to be on a feature card and I was like, absolutely. And, uh, it was just really neat having that pressure of a feature card, um, home state, you know, my favorite course. Um, so I was just playing as best as I could and it just, it kind of worked out after the first day and, you know, I, I didn't really expect much after the first day, just like, okay, that was cool. You know, I shot minus 11 and, you know pretty excited to be in the lead. Um, and then day two happened and I was like, I did it again. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh gosh, I might have a, have a chance to take this thing down. And, um, you know, and then that's when I started, you know, the pressure started. So I was trying to keep my mind off the pressure kind of going into the final two rounds. There was the main challenge of the week. So pressure coming after round two and then correct me if I'm wrong, but round three, you went out and put out the 12 down. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And so talk to us a yes. little bit about you saying that the pressure started after round two, but able to execute everything, just not to perfection, but almost to perfection going into that third round. What is the pressure like? Yeah, I think playing with um, the guys that were on my card um, for the third round. So playing with Silas, Nicholas, and James um, just kind of pushed. I feel like as a group, we were just pushing each other um you know, to better and better shots. Um, and watching Silas throw some insane shots in the woods, um, you know, it was like, well, I have to keep pace with that. Um, and so it just kind of the pressure from having, you know, all of these players playing great, you want to play great. Um, that kind of motivated me to shoot, <laughs> shoot well um, and stay focused for that third round. So I, I got two questions and one's kind of not disc golf related. It's more like human related. What was falling asleep like last night? Because the end of any crazy day or long day or any anything, it's a different feeling. What is it like falling asleep after you accomplished <laughs> that championship? <laughs> oh man, it was, it felt nice because the, the, the whole week I was just sleeping terrible. Like it was just all I thought about at night. I was like, Oh, what if I win? What if I, you know, what if by some miracle, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, it just, you know, it kept me up at night. So coming home and just being able to finally sleep peacefully, uh, it was just, it was the best sleep I got all week. Yeah. Like a deep breath. Like, I can't believe this. Did you fall asleep thinking mm -hmm. about it? Like, do you remember that moment? You're just like, ah, this is so nice. <laughs> yeah. So I, went i went back and watched the last three holes um before i went to sleep and it was i watched them at like midnight uh just laying in the bed and uh you know got to experience those emotions a little bit again um right as i was about to fall asleep <laughs> um, and then slept slept great that yeah. is that, that's cool i'm glad you did that because i'm and i hope you do it many more times uh, that's excellent um so what does a win <laughs> like this mean for your 
career you may not know yet, but have you had any thoughts of like, hey, if because you said you were thinking about it throughout the week, like if I win this, it's a big deal. Like, what do you think goes along with a win like this? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you said, I don't know what this looks like um, for the future. Obviously, winning a major gets you a, a, a lot of attention, more so than just winning an elite series. Um, so I imagine it's going to be, you know, it's kind of like a stepping stone in your career. Um, and so I'm just excited to see where that next step takes me. Um, you know, I'm excited and I'm looking forward to the opportunities that might open up because of it. Um, and then also just the ability to say, you know, I have a major title is, is a pretty neat feeling. Yeah, oh, you, you and Gannon, the traveling crew, it's like, what's going to happen next? Is Alden getting excited? <laughs> yeah, well, I told Gannon, I was like, because um, I think he has me by two silver series. So I need to, I need to, you know, either win. I think an elite series would balance that out. So I just need to win yeah. one elite series, wow. you know, or a couple silver series. And then, then we're even. So that's all I care about. Wow. Now, talk to us about round four. So round four, you have your good buddy Silas not playing on the same card as you going into that final round, but shooting hot fire, eight down through nine holes, 10 down through 11 holes. It seemed like almost 11 through 11, just really adding on. And then I don't know, was he chase card or third card? But obviously he's a couple holes ahead of you and you're seeing this. Are you watching the live scoring? Are you hearing about it? What is that like? Did that change anything? Did that make you be like, Oh my God! Now I'm getting really nervous. This player is just playing out of his mind right now. Talk to us about the emotions watching that happen. Yeah. So you know, being on lead card, I was kind of only and having a. I think it was a ten stroke lead over Silas at that point mm -hmm. um, to start the round. No big deal. Um, <laughs> I was mainly, yeah. You know, I was like, I, it shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> um, and then I remember, you know, just keeping track of Nicholas and James and. And I was like, all right, you know, we're kind of around the same score. Um, I think it was hole eight, maybe six. Maybe I think it was hole six where I first checked live scores. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Silas is killing it. And I told my dad, I was like, Silas is kind of popping off. And uh, then that's all I could think about for, like, the next, like, five holes. And every hole that I missed, I was like, I'm losing so much ground to Silas. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dad, I'm going to be the guy who blows a seven stroke lead. Um, and I was just, it was like, my dad, you know, talked me down, calmed me down. I was like, just take a deep breath. Don't worry about it. Just play your game. Um, and so it was like roller coaster of emotions. Um, and yeah, I mean, Silas, he, he made me sweat. You know, I was sweating. He was shooting an insane round. Um, so it definitely had me nervous. Was there kind of a moment where you saw him go back-to-back -back bogeys on the back nine that kind of set a little bit of relief? Obviously, you're not potentially rooting for someone to do bad, but you can kind of see that where it's like, ooh, okay, even if I just par this hole, I'm gaining back a stroke on him. What was that like? Yeah, so when I, I think he parred hole 13, mm -hmm. um, and I had birdied hole 12, and I was like, okay, you know, we're kind of – I think at that point we we're only three strokes apart, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but then I saw I took uh, some bogeys and it was kind of like a, like you said, you're never rooting for somebody to do bad, but it was like a breath of fresh air in a way. It was like, all right, he's not going to shoot 17 down. <laughs> you know, it was just like kind of, 
yeah, it was it was a relief a little bit. Um, you know, obviously it sucks for him, um, and you wouldn't want that for anybody. But mm-hmm. it was kind of it was definitely a relief when I saw that he he took a first bogey, and then I I think he ended up taking another bogey. Yeah. Um. So I was just like playing for par on those holes. Talk to us a little bit, just really quick, about the change made on 14. 14 originally was a par 5. The tee pad was in a different location, but then they dropped it down to a par 4, and it seems like they moved it to the right a little bit more. Am I wrong to say that? I think the pin or the tee pad. Yeah, the tee pad. Is the tee pad yes, a new yeah, location? The tee pro- it is, yes. Okay, gotcha. Talk to us about the change on that, because that seems like, besides for hole 18, one of the other significant changes that the course had made going into this year. Yes, I think the changes made to 14, um, I think it made it a better hole. I think it made it more challenging. Uh, I think the, the gap is definitely smaller. And then, of course, playing as a par four instead of a par five. Um, a lot of people were getting the eagle last year. And you had to put your drive in the spot to beforehand get an eagle. right? So you're putting your drive for birdie in the same spot you'd have to put it to get an eagle in the previous year. Um and so that made it, uh, you know, kind of like a hole that you just, you're happy with a par, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I birdied it the last round, but I was legitimately just playing for par. Um, and I think I threw, I threw a mid off the tee. So I was just trying to hit that gap and play for par. And it definitely made the course a little bit harder. Gotcha. So with this level of competition lately, there's people you maybe you could even argue this this means more than majors in the past five years even do you feel that way like with the level of competition right now yeah i mean everybody it feels like the entire field could go out and win a major at at some point um so you know i there's always the the talk about you know Macbeth or climo who's the best and you know i feel like it's kind of the same um I feel like there's the same level of competition, just more people can do it. You know, the past couple of years, it's been the top like 10, but now it's probably the top 20 that could go out mm-hmm. any week and win a major. Um, so I don't think it carries more weight per se, um, but it definitely it definitely feels good to, to pull it out. Yeah, I, I just think for a future perspective, like people are going to be like, if you if you have a major in the future, it's just going to be like, what era was that? Because there were way more people that were in it, you know? It's just like winning a PGA event nowadays. So does it feel like a weight is lifted off your mm-hmm. shoulder? Not saying that you had a burden here, but going into the next event. If you, Are you playing Jonesboro? Yes. Okay. So going into Jonesboro, are you going to go in there with this like light feeling of like, hey, I just want a major. I'm happy now. Light, light as a feather just out here throwing confidently. Does it change anything for you going into these next events? Um, I, I don't think it does. And I don't necessarily think it should. Um, you know, each week there's a, there's a new tournament and a new chance to play well. And you want to kind of keep that consistent feeling just all throughout um, the year really. So yes, it's exciting. Yes. It's a big thing, but also, you know, you can't just, you know, get excited and be like, all right, well, there's my win for the year. You know, you want to keep pushing yourself and keep playing well at these tournaments. Um, so yeah, I'm just as motivated and just as focused, um, going into these, these, you know, the, the rest of the year. Okay. One last Nick, you get another one here too. Um, I think we made a reel last time you were on our channel saying, hey, 
you're definitely a top 10 player. Are you getting used to that? And you're like, I, th I think maybe I'm starting to get used to that. Next thing you know, you go out and win a major. I, I've, I don't know where you rank yourself. Uh, what do you think about the ranking system currently? And do you know where you're placed right now in the rankings? Did I, did I see top five, fifth place? Was that correct? I'm asking you. <laughs> Evan, Evan might be able to fill us in, our stat guy. Okay. I, I know in Disco Pro Tour <laughs> points, he moved up to fourth. Okay. Uh, that's a fact. I know in Stat Mando, fourth. he's a okay. seven. I think UDISC has you at seven. Okay. okay. You see, those, those sound more realistic. I, I saw somewhere today that uh, there was some, I forget which stat it was, but it was like fifth. And I was like, that's not, that's not real. Uh, just like yeah, so we also posted our power the rankings. Number one player in there. That was the Isaac Robinson fan page. They have their own ranking system. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, let me jump in here for a second and yeah, say our yeah. power <laughs> rankings, which is a, a recency heavy system. Uh, it's definitely like a who's playing the best as of recent. I think you're fourth, maybe third, maybe wow, fifth. There you go, something like that. But that that makes sense because you just want a major. That might have been what I see. It's yeah. So it's the last four months at most. So it's really just the season, but it heavily degrades as it goes on so it's but really i guess my point three. is it's a top 10 you're getting used to it you're there everybody knows it now are right, so now you're settled in you're definitely top 10 man <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> yeah after you know after this the horrendous start i had this year um i'm gonna have to you know it it doesn't feel like it but okay. the past like three tournaments have felt really good um so I think three top 10 finishes in a row with a win. So yeah, I, I'm feeling comfortable now. Not not too shabby. Well, uh, I've, uh, I've kind of got... Oh, oh go ahead, Ben. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, the moment I've been waiting for. Isaac, last Monday, we had a predictions. And you wouldn't guess who I guessed to take down the major. The Isaac Robinson. It's true. I, I predicted you to win. And you did it. And guess who I predicted you to use? I need video DGC. proof. No, we just played it at the beginning of the show. It's he'll ta he tagged you in a, uh, yeah, a story on, on on Instagram story. I I predicted Gannon to win, and then I just predicted Isaac to win. And I'm calling it the top five greatest uh, predictions in disc golf history. What do you think about that, Isaac? Do you think that's that's true? Dang, that's uh, I mean, you're a prophet at this point, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, you just get to pick the winner. That's what I'm saying. Um, you might have people approaching you to be like, you know, pick me and they'll pay yeah. you money to yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll start charging. So I think you got a, a good thing on your hands. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Well, yeah, congrats on the that's, win. That's crazy, though. I know. I, I, I was stoked. Everyone was like, well, what? But yet, here you are. <laughs> Man, I, I owe it to you, Ben. That's all you. There was also... There was also a nice side bet going oh, yeah, on between you and your brother, and I think Evan or Ben can kind of explain a little Evan, bit more on that. Ahead. What's funny, too, is because your brother started out very well, and I was like, ooh, this is actually be a pretty tight battle, and then you just you know, exceeded all expectations <laughs> in that regards. But Yeah, um, after, after yeah. Ben picked uh, you, Isaac, to win, I looked at last year's uh, uh, results and saw that your brother Ezra happened to beat you. So I was like, you know what, Ben? Uh, let's go for a little bet here. This is how much he didn't brother... believe you, actually. This is basically what he's saying. I, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I thought they would both finish like on the podium. You know, you, you never know. <laughs> yeah. It could be second and third. But uh, no, of course, turn the other way around. So congrats. Yes. Okay. Um, well, hold on. I got I got back-to-back -back questions really good, quick. You do it. Speaking, then I do it. 
Yeah, speaking of winning a major, you took a Gatorade bath at the end of it. Your buddies came over, splashed a Gatorade all over you. Who kind of thought about doing that? What was that feeling like? Just, you know, mid-interview, what was that like? Yeah, um, apparently everybody knew it was happening, obviously, and they assumed I did as well. Um, but I think I owe that to my brother, another guy, and and definitely Alden because he was on the on the bucket there with him. But uh, yeah, that was freezing cold water. Um, not expecting it, wasn't ready. And then, you know, I had to go take pictures and do interviews just soaking wet. So yeah, <laughs> that was, uh, you know, I guess one of the highlights. Something I won't forget. Yeah. All right, last question about kind of how that last round went. But going into hole 18, you've got the lead. And all you have to do is pretty much par. You ended up bogeying it, which didn't really matter in the end of it. But pretty much just getting through 18, walk us through. How were you feeling in that moment? What was it like to where if I throw five good shots, I'm about to be a major champion? Just give us the kind of insight, pressure. Were you jittery? Talk to us about 18. Yeah, so throughout the week, 18, I had thrown, I think, three perfect drives. And and so I was feeling comfortable on the hole. And I had finally started to realize, like, I just have to finish this hole, essentially, and I'll be a major champion. So I threw the tee shot. And I, if I'm being honest, I really did not care where it went as long as it got over the creek. And so it ended up a little bit left. And then I was like, just pitch up a forehand, throw a shot. And then, you know, walking up um, to that 30-footer, there was, like, no question in my mind, laying that up, taking a bogey. I didn't want the bogey, but I wasn't running a risk or anything. So laid that up, and then that's when all of the emotions hit. So that's when all, like, my family watching there, my dad being on the bag. Um, it, I, you know, started crying a little bit before the, <laughs> before the putt went in um, to close it out. Um, but yeah, it's super emotional, just kind of, you know, just pitching that putt up and dropping the the next shot into the basket. Dude, I think Terry and um, Nate were tearing up. I don't know if you saw that post win when you were going to win. I did. I did. <laughs> it's it's awesome where the sport has come to and they've watched a lot of it from early on. And so these things are impactful to them in a different way than it is even to the rest of us. Um, so first of all, I'm recognizing for our audio listeners, there's no beard right now. I think you had that through the Champions Cup of beard. What's that about? Yeah, so I wanted to shave the beard, um, but believe it or not, I lost my my razor. Um, so that was why I had the beard the whole Champions Cup. And then I got home and I was like, Dad, let me borrow your razor. So, <laughs> um, So that's why it's gone today. Um, it was getting a little long. I didn't want to look homeless at the next tournament. So. <laughs> hey, you know, there's things to be said for maybe that's what you need to do going into the next major. Like, just let it grow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I could grow one, you know, like you, Matt, it would be it would be a different story. But <laughs> dude, I can not there yet. I can hide birds in here and like minis. No. <laughs> okay. Um it's a good one. I mean, being from Massachusetts, you got to stay warm. So, you know. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Our spring right now is still like 45 degrees. Yeah, it's it's cool. wonderful. Um, explain to us what but it's like throwing the terrible. shots, the shots that you plan 
to throw because for us amateurs, Nick, you're a pro. I get it. But like the large listening audience doesn't know what that feels like in the woods to throw four rounds of pretty much absolute everything you planned. So tell us what it feels like to do that. And then maybe what discs you were relying on. Yeah. So in the practice round, I really just got a good feel for the distances and um, the discs that I wanted to use in the woods. Um, so being able to, you know, look at the tree that you're aiming at or around, um, it just feels so good. And the fairways at Jackson are big enough to where if you hit them, you're going to have a good shot. Uh, I believe they're very fair. Uh, and so just like hitting the initial fairway was like the, the only goal. I'm um, just keeping it in the fairway the whole time. So, you know, I wasn't trying to get too aggressive. I was just trying to stay out of the, out of the rough essentially. Um, and some of the discs that really helped was, um, was my M1, of course, uh, my F3 and the FX4 were the, basically the main discs I was throwing all weekend. Okay. <clears throat> I got a question, just kind of talking lead card, you know, from feature card into lead card, the whole tournament, talk to us about the spectators and how does this compare is one of the biggest issues that we have in the sport right now is, you know, spectator friendly courses. And so talk to us just how WR Jackson was able to kind of cope with that. And how do you feel like the spectator scene was out there? Yeah, the tournament director and the volunteers and Bushnell and just everybody involved in the tournament did a fantastic job um, with the volunteers. You know, they handled the crowds well and they had places set up for them, you know, hole 18 had bleachers and rope and all that stuff. And then throughout the course, there was also rope and paths for the spectators to walk. Um, and it was just, I thought it was one of the best uh, places that you could ever, you know, spectate and watch a tournament at. Mm. So I think they did a phenomenal job. Um, and I think that with each major, they're getting better and better. Um, you can see how the USDGC has evolved. Um, and how the, even the DGPT events have have evolved and kind of grown to support more spectators and space for them to watch um, from a close distance. Um, so they're doing a great job at that. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, what did you do to celebrate last night? Anything? I mean, your round was over. You had family nearby. You're in your home state. Like, what did you do to celebrate? If I'm being honest, I... You know, after talking with everybody, the hugs, I got, I went to my car, drove to a gas station, bought a Mountain Dew and a Reese's Fast Break and a pack of Tic Tacs. <laughs> and I ate all of them on the way home. Let's go. <laughs> um, fire. Yeah. It was, uh, it was probably, you know, as lame as a celebration could get, but it was just relaxing and it was just nice to drive, you know, two hours back home and then sit and kind of talk about the day with my family and then go to bed um and get a good night's sleep wow nice. uh i can <laughs> i can kind of feel that though like there's and i don't know how you'd ex describe yourself you know extroverted introverted whatever but sometimes you're an extroverted introvert <laughs> and you're just like i'm done playing the tournament i want to go home <laughs> yep i was it was such a just a relief <laughs> hey the payout the payout was uh pretty good you feel that one you like it yeah, that's gonna that's gonna look good in the savings account. Nice, <laughs> nice. You max, uh, speaking you, of yeah, 
My, Speaking of just kind of winning a big tournament like this, I mean, this is a major win. I don't know when your contract is ready for re-signing or renegotiation with Prodigy right now, but this is kind of a good selling point. Do you feel like it's heading in that direction to stick it out with Prodigy? Is there any other plans kind of going forward? And how does this, how does this affect that relationship? Yeah, I, you know, I, the hope is that it, it deepens that relationship, um, makes it better. Um, right now my contract is through 2024. Um, so I still have, you know, this year and next year to finish out. Um, and then I would, you know, I would love to, you know, see what they have to offer and, you know, since the contract's up, you know, maybe shop around a bit and see what other people have to offer. But, um, as of right now, you know, there's a lot of drama at the start of the year, but I have nothing but, you know, good things to say about prodigy and how they've treated me so looking forward to continuing that that good relationship mm-hmm. so i'll put you on the spot a little bit what do you know about gannon's agreement is he talking to you guys about that are you tight-lipped on it like he texted us that an agreement is coming soon yeah i think we haven't talked about it in a, in a hot minute so i i don't know um any current updates on, on that situation. And but, I wouldn't have expected that yeah, you would have told hoping, us, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he did tell yeah, us yeah, that an if, agreement's coming you know. soon. <laughs> so I, I'm just interested in what that is and I'm, I will figure it out and you'll figure it out with like everybody else. So, um, yep. yep. Hey, uh, I don't see any different questions coming on the chat here, but we actually have a, a fun game that you could play with us for a little bit. We don't have to play it fully out, but uh, maybe to close it out, you want to play a little game called Guess the Presser, where we actually listened to a quote that was said by somebody in the press conference, and we have to guess who it is. You down to play that? Sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't think you were in it. Let's go to the four up, Ben, and then you can go to four up uh, with the... Yep. Give it a go. Give it a go. Push it. The button. I'm here. There you go. Woo! All right. I did it. It might be small for you to see, Isaac, if you got your phone vertical, which is fine. <laughs> but the options are Dickerson, Burr, Pierce, King, Lazat, Gannon, as in Missy Gannon, Macbeth, and Heimberg. Okay. Those are our options. Um, I'm going to read a quote. We have to decide who said it. Here it is. I'll tell you right now that being in the moment in, you know, that type of stress that type of pressure, it's unlike anything else that I've experienced in sports. But you know that's a feeling that I want to feel again. That's a feeling that I would like to feel every weekend if possible. Um, so yeah, looking forward to hopefully I can feel that again this weekend. Nick, who do you think it is? Um, I'll, I'll go Paige Pierce. Pierce, um, Evan. I'm going Gannon Burr. Gannon Burr. Ben. Gannon. Gannon Missy. Burr. I can't play this no, game. Missy Gannon, sorry. Oh, Missy Gannon. Yeah, I yeah. can't play because I know this. Isaac, uh, who do you think said that? I'm going to go with Paige Pierce. Okay, Paige Pierce. Let's listen in. It'll chime and give us the quote from the person themselves. Oh, I think it will. And um, I'll tell you right now that being in the moment, and, uh, you know, that type of stress, that type of pressure, it's unlike anything else uh, that I've experienced in sports. But, you know, that, that's a feeling that I want to feel again. It's a feeling that I would like to feel every weekend, if possible. Um, 
so yeah um looking forward <laughs> to it hopefully i can feel that again this weekend there you go it was chris dickerson all right that's number one <laughs> out of the way here comes number two it's gonna be dramatically different for me this week just you know trying to turn my mental game off and just throw like like i know how to do um when you step onto a course for the first time as a player of, well, anyone who qualified for this event, you know, a player of that caliber, when you walk onto the course for the first time, you kind of know what you're going to do. And so I'm going to, so I'm going to kind of treat it like that. What do you think, Nick? <laughs> I feel like I'm going to say Paige again. Okay. I, like eventually I'm going to get it right, but I think Paige actually said this. All right, Paige, Evan. Oh, this was this was tough. I'm gonna go Haley King. Haley King. That's, that's the king. Right? Yep, Ben. Uh, uh you you're very hard to read the way you read it. I'm just reading. I, it. I'm just gonna say Simon. <laughs> it sounds like Simon, I guess. Okay, Isaac, what do you think? Missy Gannon. Missy Gannon. Let's see what plays out. Gonna be dramatically different for me this week. Just uh, you know, trying to turn my mental game off and and just throw like I I know how to do um, when you step onto a course for the first time as a player of anyone that qualified for this event you know a player of that caliber when you walk onto a new course for the first time you kind of know what you're going to do so I'm going to try to treat it like that there you go Paige Pierce point for Nick keep track of that point Nick is valuable here we go number three <laughs> number three there's three disc golf courses here you know and I'm saying disc golf because we are actually in the woods. We're not out on golf courses. Uh, it is a little bit harder on the spectators, but I feel like it's more we're throwing truer shots um, that represent disc golf. What do you think, Nick? Damn, why do I have to go first every time? Okay, Give we'll switch it up. We'll go back. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. I, I don't mind going first. I just got to like, I'm trying to think of it. Um <laughs> I think that one sounds like a Simon Lazat. Okay, Simon, Evan. I'm going back to back. Haley King. Haley King, Ben. It is Nick Carl's best friend. Paul Macbeth? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Isaac Robinson, who do you think? I'm going to go with Macbeth as well. Macbeth, let's see how it plays out. There's three disc golf courses here, you know, and, and I'm saying disc golf because we're actually in the woods. We're not out on a golf course. It is a little bit harder on the spectators, but I feel like it's more we're throwing truer shots um, that represent disc golf. Intern Ben with a point, yep. everybody. And Isaac. <laughs> and Isaac. Hold on to those points. You guys are all tied up. Um, all right, let's go to the next one. Yeah, yeah. Winning majors is kind of what we strive for, for sure. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, majors are just a little bit bigger than in an elite series event. I mean, the field is about the exact same for the event, but yeah, uh, when it comes to winning a major, it's just, it feels harder because everyone is wanting to get them. Let's go backwards. Isaac. Oh gosh. Uh, I'm going to go Calvin. Calvin. All right. We're going to Ben. I'm going to go Lazat again. Lazat. I don't Evan. Know. I've never been more confident. Missy Gannon. Missy Gannon, Nick Dude, Carl. Before you said that, I swear, I was going to say Missy Gannon as well. Let's do it together. Let's hold hands and <laughs> guess Missy Gannon. <laughs> Nick, you're saying we'll Missy? We'll losers together. All right. Nick says Missy too. All right, here we go. Yeah. Let's see who it yeah, is. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, winning majors is kind of what we strive for, for sure. Oh boy. Um, but yeah, majors are just they're a little bit bigger than an Elite Series event. I mean, the field's about the exact same for the event. Uh, but when it, yeah, when it comes to winning a major, it's just it feels harder because everyone's really wanting to get them. There you go. <laughs> I love the oh boy. And to give context, if you're watching the video, I think the backdrop and you would know this because you were there, Isaac. I don't know why, but it looked like maybe the backdrop was like blowing a little bit, like maybe to almost fall. And he's like, oh boy, <laughs> the way you read it in this monotone yeah. voice just throws me off. I can't. Tell. Does that sound right, Isaac? Like it might have been like leaning towards him or something. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, it okay. was definitely outside with uh, with some wind. <laughs> okay, okay. Because um, it was funny to interject that in the quote just randomly. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, okay, no points there. Uh, I wish I could get points for the misses. Maybe I can, but we'll, we'll, we'll move on. All right, here we go. Um, my game has definitely changed from what it was last year. I've been focusing on my physical health. And that's changed a lot of my disc golf game. So it's been interesting to, I'm learning a new throw basically. So it's very interesting to do that mid season. All right, let's just change it up all together. I 100% know who this is. Oh, 100%. Yep. I'm go gonna ahead, go ben. last. Oh, you're going to last. Okay. Everyone feels like I'll, it? I'll go first. Nick. Haley King. Okay. Evan. I swear to God, I was going to say Haley King before you did. <laughs> Hold the hands and do it. Okay. Isaac. Simon Lazat. Simon Lazat. Ben? It's Haley King. It's Haley King? Let's see how it plays out. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, my game has definitely changed from it was last year. I've been focused on my physical health, and that's changed a lot of my disc golf game. So it's been interesting to I'm, – I'm learning a new throw, basically. So it's very interesting to do that midseason. Very interesting to do that midseason, I'm sure. Um, okay. So – who has two points? Raise your hand. Two. No, okay, so Nick and Ben. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here we go. I think we have one. We have three left, so you still have a chance. Here we go. You got to remember who we haven't, I mean, who we've picked and who we haven't picked. <laughs> That's part of this game. All right, here we go. I don't think what I've done prior to this week really has any impact on what I'm doing this week. Um, I still just want to go out there and, you know, and throw a few shots as possible. So everything that's happened so far this year, I mean, it doesn't help me do any better at this event. So I just need to be focused on this event and every shot in front of myself. I know who this is. Again? Yeah. I'm with confidence. Confidence. Okay, give it to us, Ben. All right. Wait. Go. Okay, Calvin. Okay, he says Calvin with 100% confidence. Nick. Well, I was going to say Calvin or Simon, but I'm kind of leaning towards Calvin. Okay. A little bit. Isaac? You know, more wins. Uh, it's definitely Calvin. Calvin? Evan? Yeah, I'm as confident as Ben and Isaac are combined. It's Calvin. <laughs> 200%. Let's see. I don't think what I've done prior to this Calvin? week really has any impact on what I'm doing this week. Um, I still just have to go out there and, you know, throw as few shots as possible. So... <laughs> Everything that's happened so far this year, it, I mean, it doesn't help me do any better at this event. So I just need to be focused on this event and every shot in front of myself. I love how Ben said, has that been Calloway? <laughs> it honestly does. If you close your eyes, that's just you picture Ben Calloway. That's so funny. It's amazing. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's so funny. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
here we go. Two more. So everybody got that one? Yes, I got three. Okay. Yep. Yep. Here we go. I guess it's more about what it would mean for everyone else. Everyone in major sports talks about what the majors are, the events that matter. Like everything else is fun in games, but the majors is what comes down to. Oh boy. What do you think, Evan? No, I'm not ready. <laughs> I'll go ahead. Nick. I'll say Paul Macbeth. <laughs> yeah. Evan. All right. Nick just lost. Good point there. Uh that's a, that's a good guess, Nick. I like that guess. I mean, at some point, someone's going to get guessed twice. So, Is it? Well, like, they say multiple lines per press I mean, conference, but I don't know how Matt divvied it up. I, I'm playing the game as in everyone goes once because I have no clue otherwise, and I'd rather give myself a 50-50 shot than a, a one in eight shot. So... <laughs> I, <laughs> I like that thinking. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go. Uh, I don't even know. I don't think it's Simon, so I'm gonna go miss again in the other 50-50. Oh, it's true. So if we play it this way, yeah, you're you're gonna come down I, to. How I, about I, this? I There's two names. Too. Let me put it this way, Nick. Oh no 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 yeah, no! Stop. You get to change. I didn't get Nick. this before. I guess no, Nick. You get to change. You get to change it. It's fifty-fifty. There's two names left. There's oh, left no, on the no. list. <laughs> yes, there are. There's Lazat and Missy. So this is no, the last. This is the last. <laughs> this is the last option. You get to pick which one said that. Okay. Oh, geez. All right. Well, now I got to change my answer. Yep. I want to change too. Oh, now you're both changing it. Oh boy. This is kind of. I'm going. Simon. I mean, Simon and Missy Gannon are two last two, right? Yes. Or... All right. Um. I am changing battle. mine to Simon. I want to be very clear. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go Simon as well, please. Isaac, Simon, hmm. Ben. Yep. Simon, Ben. Ah, uh, I'm gonna just. I'm just gonna go Missy, just cause. Okay. I could lose. Now. Yes. Be different. <laughs> I'm gonna read the other quote, and I'm not gonna let you change. But oh, no. here it is. I love this crap. Personally, my standards have kind of gone up from top ten to now top five. Um, and that's okay. Normally, I don't have expectations like that, but it's just sort of something that I think I want to add that little bit of that little bit of pressure. I used to not want to do things, these things, but I think that these um something that I'm going to try out and, you know, maybe it will push me to do good things this week. So that was Missy. That's 100 percent. Missy. All right. So here we go. The first one you guys, most of you guessed Simon, Ben did not. Here's how it played out. I guess it's more about what it would mean for everyone else. Everyone in major sports talks about that the majors are the events that matter. Like, everything else is fun and games, but the major is what it comes down to. Okay, so who got the points there? Nick, Isaac, and mm -hmm. Evan? Okay, and then the last one here would mean that you guys got these points too, and Ben didn't. So, you, so it looks like Nick took it away. Here's Missy. I personally, my, my standards have kind of gone up from top 10 to now top five um and that's okay normally i don't have expectations like that but it's just sort of something that i think i i want to add that little bit of little bit of pressure i used to not want to do those things but i think that that's um just something i'm going to try out and uh you know maybe it'll push me to to do good things this week <laughs> 
<laughs> she was a little nervous. Maybe it will help me. I don't know. Did you have any expectations coming in, uh, Isaac? Like, did you have like, hey, I want top this or top that? Or were you just totally open-minded? Yeah, I definitely wanted a top 10 finish. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely top 10. Well, there you go. You almost had a 10-stroke top finish, like as in like lead. <laughs> <laughs> And Isaac, I can I can all but guarantee you'll be getting a press conference next week. So when you're in that interview, yeah. just remember this game <laughs> and try to fool us. Yeah, no, we should give him a word to slip in. What should I say? Just, what, just randomly bring up peaches. The peaches down in Georgia. Oh. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. There we go. Then we'll okay. we'll got share. It. Yeah, we'll share. We'll done. share. So, we'll yeah, share. you know, I got my peaches down in Georgia, and then just somehow randomly <laughs> yes, answer a question like that. So the interviewers are just Georgia. like, so the interviewers are just like, dude, what are you talking about? And just be like, oh, they'll know. <laughs> well, well, the funny thing is, you get your peaches down in Georgia, then the tour goes to California after Jonesboro. Mm. So. There you go. Or does it go to DDO first? Yeah. I actually forget. You'll figure Dang. it out. Peaches down in Georgia. <laughs> It eventually is going to California. So talk about peaches down in Georgia, though, and we'll all chuckle. Okay. That'd be awesome. Isaac, did we miss anything that you'd like to shout out or do or say before we let you go? I mean, we could talk forever, but, like, is there anything burning? No, I think we covered it all. Awesome. guys. We thank you very much for the time. Uh, we appreciate the fact you're not going up and down hills with the strong signal. People are asking for that tonight because when Gannon does it, he goes, we're going down another hill. <laughs> and he just drops out. And then goodbye, Gannon. <laughs> so funny. So oh, thank man. you. Thank you. Um, yes, hey, we're probably getting Silas on in about 30 minutes or so. Anything you want us to ask him? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, ask him why he got those two bogeys. Because if he wanted to win the tournament, he shouldn't have gotten <laughs> okay. both of those. Let's go. We'll ask him. That'll be that'll be the uh, yeah, first just, question that I ask. Just break the ice, saying this is straight out of Isaac you. Robinson's mouth. The winner of the Champions Cup. Not sure if you've heard, but why did you get those two? <laughs> no, bogeys? no, no. You don't even mention mention no. Isaac ever. Just say <laughs> well, if you wanted to win that tournament, why did you get two bogeys? And have why did you get those bogeys? Yeah, bogeys. Why didn't you? Please why didn't you ace exactly hole like that? Yeah, why didn't you throw hole 11 better? I mean, you <laughs> could have been 11 through 11 had you just yeah. aced that. So It'll be a little scary. All right, we'll give him a hard time about that. But anyways, yeah. best of luck out in Jonesboro. Thank Sweet. you for tuning, or coming on tonight. Appreciate you quick responding and joining us for the interview. Absolutely. Thanks, Isaac. Appreciate course, thank it. You guys. Always a pleasure. Rooting for you. Peace out. Mm -hmm. Peace. Isaac Robinson, everybody. Uh, Join the Nick and Matt show. That was a fantastic interview, I felt like. Not because of the great questions, but because of what he brought to it and the insight he brang. Uh, the game was fun enough. I thought, you know, he yeah, knows game. these players. I thought he would get Gannon right. I, I, you know, it's tough. I'm oh, reading boy. it monotone. It's funny. Every single one of them says, you know. You know, like um, every single you know. time you said it, it was just, you know, you know, and I'm just like, <laughs> what if there was this? a transcript you know? of us, Nick, on our show? What would we say a lot? Obviously. <laughs> and like, <laughs> all right, like let's, let's bring yeah. in our guest, uh, guest host, Hannah Macbeth. Uh, if you know how to do that, Ben, let's go ahead and do it. Let's see if this works here. Bring her in. Boom. Oh, nice. Oh, there Hi she guys. Is. Hannah Macbeth. How are we doing? Do I need to recenter myself or does Ben do that? No, you. It looks good enough. Recenter your your spirits. <laughs> if you slid like one inch one way, it'd be perfect. But you're fine. Oh, backwards oh, like weather camera person. There you, there you go. Left is right. Right is left. Okay. Uh, let's uh, go four up. Let's yeah. go. Let's go four up. Yeah. Like actual. There we go. Sounds Boom. good. Now look. Now oh she's off. Oh, now you gotta recenter it more. 
<laughs> so just like the tree center. <sighs> okay. What we're going to do, we told everybody it's a little bit different tonight. Evan's going to bring us the FPO recap as he does with stats. Then we're going to turn it to Hannah to um, tell us what's going on from her perspective. You know, Hannah from the party podcast, uh, all things FPO disc golf. Uh, incredible. Everyone loves it. Evan, go ahead and take away the recap and then we'll let her jump in. Yeah, we all know Kristen Sitar took it down by 14 strokes. What you may or may not know is that this is one of the largest margins of victory we've seen in an FBO major in some time. With a field size of 30 or more, it's the largest margin of victory ever, 14 strokes. Uh, it beats 13 strokes by Paige Pierce at U.S. Women's. Um, if we're looking at any field size at any major uh, 14 strokes is the largest since 2017 European Open, uh, which was 17 strokes by Paige Pierce. Um, that had less than 30 players in the field. And if we're looking at just any at a U.S. FPO major, uh, any field size, you got to go back to 2009 Worlds, uh, which was won by Val Jenkins, who if you're looking at any margin of victory uh, stats, she probably has them. Uh, so that's incredible that it dates all the way back to that for U.S. Uh, FPO majors. Uh, she has now won back-to-back -back majors, and that's two out of three career majors for Kristen Tarr going back to 2019 U.S. women's. And she's won both of them by eight-plus strokes, uh, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, she also went wire to wire, was leading after each round, including having the hot round every single round, or at least a share of the hot round. Um, that I that's unbelievable. It's the first time we've seen that since uh, 2017 Aussie Open at an FPO major. Uh, Paige Pierce did that. Uh, it, I, there's just so many stats that Kristen Tarr like <laughs> could have or almost had to. She almost went 100% C1X on the uh, tournament weekend. Um, she almost went bogey free, which for uh, hole by hole scoring, we've never ever seen an FPO major and she was so close. She bogeyed one hole in the final round and that was it for the entire Ooh. weekend. Only had one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she wins by 14 strokes over own Scoggins. Who's a multi-time FP 40 major winner picking up her best FPO major finish at second. And then we also saw cat merch pick up a podium. Ben's favorite uh, pick. Yep. Um, Katrina Allen picks up her 20th FPO major podium and Haley King also picks up a podium for her third time of her career. Wow. So it was a story of excellence. <laughs> I I'm trying to figure out the right way to say it. I texted you, Hannah. I think it was Friday, Saturday. No, you texted me Saturday after moving day. Okay. And I said, what is going said, on? <laughs> yeah. You texted me and said, uh, what is Kristen doing that others aren't? There you go. Is it her game plan, her practice, her confidence, her mindset? It's going to be like 2015 Paul Macbeth at some point. And I just said, oh, Matthew. <laughs> you did. You you kind of laughed. And thank you for quoting that. I was just going to find it. That's exactly what I said. And you said, oh, Matthew, like there's so much to be said. So I said, how about you come on the Nick and Matt show yeah. and tell us what's to be said? So with that in mind, yeah. let me just ask it again. What she's do what is she doing that others aren't? Is it the game plan? Is so, it the practice? Is it the confidence? Is it the mindset? Like, what is it from your perspective? Yeah. Um, so a couple of things. Um, I always get nervous when I come on this show Don't. because it's live and all the other shows I usually do are post. So uh, this is intimidating. Your for dad's me for in the chat. Reason. Do not be embarrassed. <laughs> Great. Um, but the other thing is 
you guys, I, I'm about to bring a lot to the table that is going to get your, your wheels turning. And I know you are easily excited with disc golf everything, but I have a time crunch because uh, you have a very, very, very important guest coming on in about a half an hour, 25 minutes. So I want to make this really fast. Um, so I am going to make a couple points and then I'm going to leave the floor open. And if you guys have like just on the edge of your seat comments, um, I have more to say, but just I want to give you room to react and stuff because this is your show and I hate monologuing. So um, with that being said, I'm really bad at it. Um, with that being said, when you messaged me, I thought it was really funny because Kristen that she just has this brand now in this legacy and this hype right away in FPO because she won the hearts of all of the people who came into the sport during COVID. And what a time to be alive. Uh, what a time to be on fire for her. And it makes me laugh when people send me messages like yours being like, oh my gosh, what is going on? She's so dominant. She's you're not like you said this, but she's godlike and everything she touches turns to gold on the course and no one's going to beat her and who can even compare. And so um, it's this really interesting scenario where you could ride the hype train or you could be like me and kind of sit back and ask yourself like, well, why is she so dominant and analyze it? And I have a lot more fun being an analyst um, going off of all of the, the experience that Paul and Nate Sexton and Paul Ulibarri and all these guys have taught me when I used to play professional disc golf um, quite a bit. So I use that knowledge and now I do what I do. Um, but so from what I saw, obviously coming into this tournament, she was highly motivated. Um, that's not often an issue for Kristen, but we have seen it a little bit more. I'm thinking back to the Texas swing, like Waco, she wasn't really on her game. Um, Vegas, she was a little bit off just here and there, like different things. Oh, sorry. Did she even play? Wait. She did not play Vegas, but she played Waco. Yeah, I'm thinking last year. Sorry. Uh, open and um, awesome, she so, was a little bit off her game. That's where she finished Yeah, fit. and it just seemed like... Instead of coming out all cylinders firing at these disc golf pro tours and elite series, um, she just there's a dog in here. Um, she just kind of was like not really uh, firing on all cylinders and not really putting and having the lines. So no one was going to do that to her. Nothing was going to take away this major from her this week after everything she went through last year. That being said, when she's highly motivated, she has the skills to match it. So other people can't say the same. They're not as consistent. They're not as knowledgeable. They're not as intelligent. We're going to get into that with her card mates. But um, Kristen went out on the course, and something she's really good at is conserving strokes when she needs to and not forcing anything. Um, she's never too big for the game. She has a really smart game plan, and if she's out of position, she'll do what it takes to get back into the position, even if that means affording a bogey instead of a par or better. Um, Again, not something that you can say about all competitors in FPO. A lot of them are just like, I want first or I'm dead. So uh, when she plays outside of her comfort zone or had to scramble, the important part is for this tournament specifically, no one capitalized. And speaking specifically to round three in moving day, oh man, Kristen opened up the tournament, well, the tournament round uh, very slowly. And she really opened the door for a lot of these women, especially on the lead card, obviously, 
to capitalize and to get strokes on her. And no one walked through that door. Um, when we talk about Kristen Tatar this year, I think so far what I've seen is just a woman who has an incredible knowledge on the course already. Um, someone who's extremely passionate and is perfecting her craft. And also someone who is extremely, extremely good at focusing in on the course for long periods of time. Um, at Music City Open, some of her rounds were five and a half hours. And at this course, some of them were three and a half to four hours. So it's like, it doesn't matter. If she has her heart set on a win, she's going to be able to pull that off. A lot of women can't do that right now. And the ones that can't aren't doing it um, for whatever, for other reasons. So what I'm interested to see in Kristen, this is kind of my final point about her, because I know you guys are going to give her her, her flowers and you're going to you know, be able to um, uh, give her her accolades. And I don't really want to focus on her dominance because I know every other show is going to do that. I wanted to kind of analyze it from a different perspective. So I'm sorry I haven't said like, congrats, Kristen. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> I said it in person. But um, the point is, when it comes to her future in the sport, the obstacle that she's going to have is to become motivated about tournaments that she's already won. And I asked her this after her round at Music City Open. I asked her, um, you know, you just won. This is another um, Disc Golf Pro Tour Elite Series. How does it feel preparing for a silver event or an elite event versus a major? Like what comes with that? Is it the same every time? Because that's what a lot of people say, but I feel like they're lying. Um, how do you motivate yourself? And she talked about the differences and just said, walking onto the course and going through the routine for something like a silver series or an elite series, it's becoming a lot harder to create that energy of, wow, this is super important and this matters versus a major where you walk onto the property and it's there for you to take. Um, the fanfare is there, the crowds are there, the cameras are there. A major, it's very easy to come into that mindset of like, this is serious. But sometimes as players, the more you compete, the more majors you win, the more championships you win, you have to simulate that in your mind because it's not the same as when you were trying to prove yourself or when you were trying to dethrone someone or where um, you're trying to be the best in the world. So um, I'm going to go let my dog out of this room because apparently he's trapped. <laughs> and You guys can um, talk about what Do I just it. said, but I have headphones in, so I'll be able to hear Do you. It. First of all, we did invite Kristen onto the show. Um, Kristen said she had other media obligations as mm -hmm. important as she is now with her home. Uh, I think she said Estonia. She was grateful for the congratulations and the invite. Uh, we did have her on earlier this year, and we'd love to line her up again. We'll keep inviting her, um, but they are important disc golfers now. A lot going on. So we did invite her on. I hear what Hannah's saying, and that was the whole gist of this, is like we can talk about how great what Kristen's doing, but what's happening with the FPO field at large? So what are these other players? Because, And let me pose it this way, and we don't have to discuss this and break it down, and Hannah's back, Ben, but if we pose it this way, if you were to pick, and this is not to, as Ben would say, poo-poo on Kristen at all. She's doing things that others aren't. She's winning in dramatic, uh, not non-dramatic fashion, dominus. But if you were to pick the most skillful throwers in the FPO division right now, like 
players that you believe, if you had to put your money on for the most skillfully hard, impressive shots, Kristen's probably in that list, but I'm not going to lie. I probably go with a Paige Pierce. I might even go with a Valerie Mandahano or Haley King. Like these are names yeah. that come to my mind. So what is it going to take for those players to put up the real fight? And that's what I kind of hear what Hannah's saying. Yeah. So um, I guess the easiest way to do this is to go off of moving day and what I saw. Um, that was the day that I watched that I took the most notes. I felt like the final round was pretty bland. There wasn't a lot of movement and momentum. There was a battle for second, which was pretty interesting, but all things considered, Kristen sort of had it in the bag. So I think moving day, we saw a lot of different highs and lows from a lot of players. So I'd like to kind of go off of the lead card and talk about like person by person. And then hopefully it'll answer some of the questions of like, yeah, but she's really good. But like, what does that mean for everyone else? Like, should they even just not bother? Like, um, hopefully this will help if you're in that mindset. <laughs> Um, so the first person I noticed was Katrina and she had the money, the most opportunities, I think being in second for moving day, um, to catch up to Kristen in the first six holes, she had three opportunities right away to catch her and she just didn't capitalize on anything. There was a lot of, lot of opportunities from circle two, which in rounds previous, was what brought her up the leaderboard and into second place. She was capitalizing on everything. She was making her in the circle putts. It was phenomenal. And um, around my podcast, we call her the fairway goddess. And even if that was lacking, she was matching it with the talent in closing the holes. Um, super important. But unfortunately, moving day, there's a lot of temptation to have match play. And I was able to talk to Owen Scoggins about this after the Champions Cup was over. And I talked to a couple other women as well. And it's a very real issue. Um, match play is, of course, where if you score the best on that given hole, then you win that card. Or maybe you're going to head-to-head -head with someone else and you have to beat them on any given hole. That's like, is that like a good explanation of match yeah. play? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. If you score a three Thanks, and friends. Matt scores a four, then you get a point on that hole and, you know, adds up right. the round. And so for Katrina, she went through the first couple holes, which always take a few seconds, right? Like you're settling into a pace of the card. You have to see what the course has for you. And although the weather really didn't change much for the women, um, it was very cold and then it would warm up throughout the day. And that was consistent for all four days. Um, you still have to get your feet under you. And with this major, it changes everything. It changes the energy completely, like I said. And um, so Katrina comes out there and she's having to push down those thoughts of Kristen is opening the door and I'm not stepping through. I'm not taking advantage. I'm not taking strokes on her when she's off the fairway a little bit or she's having to settle for par and she's she's not being challenged. And so Kristen is like, wow, no harm, no foul. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And although I'm having a slow moving day, I've still got this in the bag. Because when I waver, no one matches me. No one's besting me. Um, that's a really nice place to be mm. in a major, <laughs> regardless mm -hmm. of how many strokes you have on the field, which at that point I believe was six. Um, Katrina is having to deal with the mentality of, gosh, this is so frustrating that my signature thing this year in circle two putting is not coming together. 
I'm in this major. I've worked my way up here after a great performance yesterday. And I can't, this woman isn't even performing well in these opening holes and I can't catch her. I can't do this. So she's having to sort through all of those feelings while also being tempted by what her card mates are doing who are right on her tail and flip-flopping between chasing and being chased. That's a lot for a person to go through on the disc golf course where it's like four hours at a time. Um, so the obstacles were very different. Uh, for Katrina to overcome that, she would need to really be fine-tuned with her mental game. And I just don't think at this start of the season, that's something that's a strength as of right now. I think this is all kind of the kindling that could be a really great fire for the rest of her season, kind of like what we saw from Kristen last year, where she came up short at Champions Cup and then won Jonesboro by like 10 strokes. Mm -hmm. um, if Kat's mental game or game gets bested, that's something that will continue to fuel her for the next couple events. But yeah, there's a difference in mentality. There's a difference in intrinsic versus extrinsic pressure. And for Kristen, the only pressure was intrinsic, meaning it was put there by herself. So she's just wanting to perform well, to put on a good showing, to play the course well for pride reasons, um, and to play to her best ability because that's when it's the most enjoyable. For Katrina, she's wanting to do that while also worrying about extrinsic motivation in her card mates and also pursuing Kristen and also any stats that she wants to keep up. There's all sorts of things. Um, moving on to, I guess we'll do Haley King was also in contention and a couple times she had a lot of opportunities, but she was just too slow. And I think her pacing was just, it seemed a little bit erratic to me mm -hmm. off the tee. She seemed fine. Her fairway decision-making seemed good. But then on the putting green, she was really fast. And I don't know if that was her just trying to get ahead of the nerves, but that is something that we can see. Um, and I think we as disc golfers all can relate to that. So those were things that I noticed, like things that she was kind of going really fast with putting because in practice, I'm sure these putts were just automatic. So she's thinking like, I'm just going to step up and putt because my my body and my brain know what to do. Um so yeah, that's what I saw out of them. Do you guys have anything before I move on to the last person, which was um, Holland? Any thoughts, no, Nick or Evan, on those? Right no, it's I want to hear Carl about Holland. Heck? Yeah, I want to hear what you uh, have to say as well. I I do want to interject that yeah. I I left Evelina out when I was saying like skillful throwers. Absolutely, Henna Blumroos. Absolutely, my that was my point. Is there's a stat and Katrina Allen? I left her out. Massive massive talent in this field. And that's why this question was posed. Yeah. What is going on? So take us to the last player, Hannah. I mean, really quick. Uh, I thought about this too. So I'm glad you said Evelina. Cause that always, she's like twin with Hannah, right? Mm -hmm. um, Hannah was playing amazing. Mm -hmm. There was, there was one point though. I really want to point out so fast. Um, she missed a putt on the final day and everyone was like, Oh no, like here we go again, like all this stuff. And, um, I noticed that she just wasn't lined up with the basket properly for her putting style. And then she missed her next putt as well because she tried to adjust her putt instead of her stance. So there, we can take that, like we can take things mm -hmm. from that too. Um, yeah, but I'm annoying. I pick up on everything because <laughs> that's why you have the FPO just, podcast. I was heavily critiqued yeah. when I was playing professional disc golf. And so I heavily critique and notice others. So, um, <laughs> You're good at what you do, Hannah. Keep it up. 
Thanks. Um, so Holland is the final woman that I kind of wrote notes on for the lead card at, after um, or for moving day, which was round three. I I love Holland's game. I think it's super well-rounded. I think she's only a few notches away from being another Kristen Tatar. She has a killer forehand. It's very strong and powerful. This year, she's definitely struggled with shot selection and disc selection, but being that it's her first year with disc craft away from dynamic discs, I think that's fair. Um, it can really only go up from here. She puts in more hours in the field and on the fairways, so I'm really not going to take much away from this season other than like I can't wait to see her next year. Uh, her course decisions, however, in my opinion, are very immature. So a good example would be um, something that was heavily talked about for whatever reason was at Music City. She did like a scuba approach and everyone was like, oh my God, why did she do a scuba approach? And it was the right um, shot, but but poorly executed. And it helps me make my point on Holland the best. So I'm just going to throw back to that. Um, Holland tends to have this mindset and it's weird because I did see her and I've totally forgot to ask her about it. It was off air. So that's probably why, because I wasn't like working mentality. Um, but she does this thing, I think where she thinks, and we all do it at times, let me get this approach as close to the basket as possible. Instead of thinking, okay, if I can get my approach 20 feet from the basket in any given direction, I can have a shot for birdie and I open my target up way more and I don't have to hit as extreme of angles and I don't have to have all this pressure on myself. And I want that for her so much. I'm like standing in front of the TV yelling like, Holland, please, like because she's <laughs> – it's the difference in a forehand approach of this angle – versus this angle yeah. and one is very forgiving and one is not i love her competitive drive and how she already has that she's not afraid to like power through some trees or try different things or be aggressive and it reminds me a lot of like the natural aggression of Paige pierce on the course but i wish her decision making with scrambling and just with fairway execution was a little bit better. Everything looks really good off the tee, especially at a course like WR Jackson, because although there are different lines and different throws, they're very standard, like you either throw a forehand or a backhand. <laughs> like it's not, it's not too crazy. Um, but once you get onto the fairway, you really have a lot of different options ahead of you. And I wish Holland was a little bit more seasoned in that. And I think we would have seen a higher performance I also think match play sort of got into her head. Um, she had a great second round when she was on chase card. I think she won her card for um, points. But then moving on to the lead card in the final round, she faltered. And I think it was because Kristen, who was performing so well, was right there for her viewing pleasure. Whereas the previous rounds, she was out of sight, out of mind. And it's really tough when you're taking some bad hits and some bad rollaways or maybe some bad luck and you're watching a woman just get hit her lines as beautifully and as well executed as Kristen did and also get great luck, um, good skips, good rolls towards the basket. It's all very hard and it all piles up. And I don't think Holland has the experience yet to deal with that. But um, it's only a matter of time. So... 
I don't know. I feel like Kristen's dominance was insane mm -hmm. and it definitely cannot be overlooked. Uh, but we also have other women that we can talk about and, and reasons for why they did or did not perform well. Same thing as you would do in the MPO division. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I think having the take of being like, oh my gosh, is very fun because I'm also dramatic and theatrical, but it's, it also like, it can burden the women's side of the sport and entertainment value because it sort of makes it seem like there's no one in contention when in fact there is. And if you're willing to listen to someone like me analyze the situation for you or like stat Mando or something, um, it becomes very entertaining and you get to root for different personalities for different reasons. Absolutely. We knew who to hit up. I knew who to hit up. My friend Hannah, I was like, what's going on? I want your perspective. And I was like, let's let's make it happen. So you brought it. We appreciate it. Nick, Evan, you have anything you want to say or ask Hannah about before we let her go? I mean, can I just, I'll be really quick with this. I think one of the things that we had talked about earlier was the dominance that Kristen is having, let's say over the last two years, is reminiscent of the dominance that Paul had back in 2015 to where Paul had every single shot back then. So he had the backhand, he had the forehand, and he was the best putter in the league back then. Will Schustrick was one of the other great players that year in Ricky Wysocki. Ricky had an incredible forehand, but his backhand and putting were a little bit hit or miss. Will Schustrick had some of the ba best backhand shots ever thrown in the sport of disc golf back in the 2013-2015 area, but was never consistent on the putting green. That's exactly what we're seeing right now out of Kristen Tatar is everything in her game is just so consistent and she's on that next level that she's able to throw a bad drive, but then make up for it because she knows if she puts the disc within 25 feet, she's very confident in making that putt. And I think that's kind of what Hannah was just talking about. If Holland Hanley, who can throw the disc a mile, has an incredible forehand as well, putting that disc, rather than trying to park every single hole or put it within five or 10 feet, knowing that, okay, I can now consistently make these 20, 25 foot putts, putting it within that circle opens up so much more on the basket that we'll start to see that. And that's just one area that Kristen does so well right now is every part of her game is incredible. And there are so many incredible things about other players. Katrina Allen hitting fairways, her circle two putting is incredible. Putting the disc into circle two, She's able to hit those putts, but if her drive or upshot game is just a little bit off to where they're a little bit past circle two or not really in the comfort zone, then that's where we're seeing it. And so I think now with all the other FPO players, like I said, they all can throw incredible shots. It's just doing it a little bit more on the consistency level. We'll kind of highlight that a little bit more. There you go. It's going to be an exciting year for sure. Uh, it's it's it been an exciting been. year. Yeah, exactly. it's been. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but this is the most excited I've ever been for FPO. Last year was pretty good, mm -hmm. but this year is just like, wow, so many great players. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so check out the party podcast because this conversation continues in a much more lengthy and informative format than what we just gave Hannah here. But we wanted to give the time yeah. and not just have us bring it tonight. Yeah, the party podcast is available anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, it's new episodes every Wednesday. And we just focus on FPO because as you can see, there's a lot of content going on. So it's Christine Jennings and I, and um, we usually keep it to around 30 to 40 minutes. So maybe on your drive to work or to and from. Um, but thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Yeah. And I really appreciate just being able to get a platform to talk about what's going on in FPO other than just like reactions to 
what we're being shown in headlines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you nope, you don't need a platform like ours, Hannah. You're too nice. But yes, we're grateful to have you. You have your own platform. You're doing really good over there. You're killing it. Thanks. Your wicked good Thanks, podcast. Guys. Wicked and, good podcast. Thing. And like she said, they are no longer behind the DGN kind of paywall, if you will. Mm-hmm. They are now on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Absolutely. So definitely check out Yay. the party podcast. And we use that Mando every week. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Evan, for doing all my homework for me. <laughs> we You're used- welcome. I appreciate the shout outs. They're very <laughs> we use that Mando every single week. <laughs> I was saying, we use that Mando every week too. It's amazing. Cool. Thank you guys. All right. Thanks, Hannah. Thank you, Hannah. Appreciate Thank you for it a bunch. In. We'll talk to you later. Peace out. I didn't give her the outro music, but pew, pew. that being said, there's this is a. But fast, now you can do the intro music. Yeah, this is a fast-moving show. It's one after another. Yeah. It's awesome. Let's go ahead and bring in everybody. Silas Schultz, superstar at the Champions Cup. This guy was shooting fire. Uh, you've probably seen him on social media doing all these crazy cool reels and throws, and just a really cool all-around Discmania-sponsored athlete. Um, Welcome to the show, top one when it com- Top one when it comes to social media content oh. on Instagram. There are so top many disc one. golf content creators out there, and Silas has absolute bangers just across the board. So go follow him if you haven't already. Thank you, guys. That's so kind. I appreciate you guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you don't need us to say it, but, man, we're here to ask you about a lot of things, but there was a question. Were we going to tell them who asked the question, or are we just going to ask Yeah, them? absolutely. So <laughs> no, we just had on the the winner of Champions Cup, Isaac Robson. We had him on just, you know, about an hour ago, half hour ago, whatever. And um, So we asked him. We said, you know, if you have one question to ask Silas, what would you ask him? And first thing he thought of, he was like, dude, why would you bogey those two holes in a row? Like, that's not going to win you the tournament. So he's just very why curious did you bogey why you went yeah. back-to-back bogeys. Um, well, it was really just more about Isaac, like <laughs> him being in Georgia. Um, his whole family was there. And um, I would just, as much as I want to win, um, coming back 10 strokes from the chase card, just about the like how like humiliating that would be for him. <laughs> if he was to lose to someone who he had by 10 strokes who was playing on the chase card. So, um, you know, in his mind, he actually thought that. (laughs) Yeah. So I really like, it was, I wanted to put on a show for the fans, obviously, um, just so that everyone could get excited because I didn't, the day was looking not super exciting because it was, Oh, Isaac wins champions cup. Um, so I wanted to get, get it exciting, but also, I'm not, you know, I don't want to do that to him. You know what I mean? He needs it more than I do right now. And so, um, I was just gonna let him have it. It, is, yeah. it was pretty dramatic. <laughs> it was getting pretty boring. Then it was getting exciting, yeah. and then you realized what you were doing, and you couldn't do that. So I can't do that to my friends. Yeah, I mean, Honestly. the fact is, you almost <laughs> aced. You're like, no, no, I'm just gonna throw it a little left and make sure that doesn't stick. But we get the excitement factor. Yeah. All right. Well, exactly. I don't. I don't think anyone could have answered that question better than the what chat you just said. That, that might have been top three favorite answers I've ever had on the show. So <laughs> true. <laughs> it's all so true. So. It's in good. all seriousness, it's not often we don't bring on someone who hasn't won, and that's just because we can't bring on everybody every week. There's so many great storylines, but we're bringing you on because you had a very stellar performance, and as did others, we get that. But you had some hot fire, especially, especially including the last round. Um, we want to know about that what brought those together, and what was that cool off session in round three about? Like, what was the difference there? Yeah, um. I was very excited for this event going into it. Uh, last year, I played 
pretty poorly, but it was only because of putting issues. It was like the worst yips I've had. Um, but I, I threw the disc very well, and I'm, that's, of course, I'm very comfortable with. Um, and so I played a practice round um, that, I don't know, Wednesday morning. This is Gavin's arm over here, just in case you <laughs> That is massive biceps. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have Jeez, the chat was going to be those guessing. away. We should have just had the yeah. chat guess all night. Okay, keep going. Keep going. Okay, Tell us about so it. So you love the that. course. You play it well, I love usually. The course. Yep. Yeah, and uh, so I played a practice round um, whenever Gannon was playing his Jomas practice round, and it was like a cool 56 degrees. I had the course to myself, and I was just lacing drives and making every putt, and I was like, you know what? I had a good feeling going into this week, and uh, if I can do anything like this practice round during the tournament, uh, good things are going to happen. And so um, just went out and played well round one. And uh, I was talking to my brother, uh, Thunder, after the round, and people were all shocked. You know, everyone's freaking out on social media from where I'm from and just in general about, oh, Silas is on lead card. And can you believe it? He's in lead card at a major. And Thunder was like, well, like, it is. it seems surprising, but, like, him shooting nine down at WR doesn't seem that surprising because, like, that's my game. And, like, it's a good course for me. So I feel like, for me, just the standard was set at, like, nine down, I got it in the tank, you know, even the, I played a scoring round with Gavin and Gannon um, the day before the tournament. I think I shot eight and like threw really well, but like didn't play perfect. And so I knew it was out there. Um, and it was just really cool to see that all translate into the tournament um, with like a nine down first round. And then the second round I was on lead card on Joe Mez. Um, and I think, I mean, that's a lot of pressure. It was a pressure I was excited to play in and I think it really focused me in a lot, you know what I mean? And so also I think we set a standard of excellence on that lead card that round where no one's missing gaps and no one's missing putts. Incredible. And so it seemed like um, just like outlandish to even like hit a tree at some points. Um, and I think that was like totally like epitomized when we all star framed hole 14 that round, like that hole's not, easy at all and we just <laughs> made it look like chump change just because that's the golf we were playing so i think the pressure kind of elevated me a little bit i think the card elevated me a little bit and um i just i just was playing really well and 12 down was like more than i thought i was shooting uh, i knew i had one bogey and not a lot of pars um so i was surprised to see 12 after and then i think the cool down sesh it just came with um i feel like the first round or the first round on lead card, it was just let it happen. Like, I'm playing good golf. I'm excited. I'm having fun. There's a lot of pressure, but I'm enjoying it. And we're just letting it happen. And that was just not, it's, it wasn't the same golf the next day. And it's it's hard to, I think, back up a great round like that because you don't want to, like, recreate it because you have to throw the shots again and you can't just copy paste unless you're Isaac Robinson. And so... <laughs> It's just, um, yeah. it was just a different kind of atmosphere for me and a different feeling. And so I realized on hole seven, I had a little pep talk with myself and with my caddy, Matt Slaybach, Shadow Slaybach. And uh, I was just like, yeah, I, it's not just happening today. I have to make it happen. And so then I went um, birdie par and then got five in a row and um, was able to kind of pull myself back from a round that could have just gone a lot worse. Like it could have been over par. It could have been really bad. And then the two bogeys at the end were like, not unlucky, but like I caught some rough kicks that like weren't great shots, but like 16, I hit the tree that was like an inch wide. And if I kick either side, I'm like 
in the circle or circle's edge. And if I miss it, I'm parked. So like that was, and I just automatic bogey after going backwards out of bounds. So like just some like not great throws, but kind of like not great luck either. Um, and so like three, three under was, it just was what it was. A five would have been totally fine. Three is not great. Um, but I was excited to be in the mix, excited to play with like an awesome card the next round. Cause like whenever I'm on hole 17 and Nicholas goes first and he puts it at the top of the hill and then Isaac goes second, he puts it at the top of the hill and then James goes third and he puts it at the top of the hill and then he's like, his is better than the other two. And then I have to throw up that gap. What is this? What, like how, <laughs> you know, that was frustrating. So I was excited to play with some guys who maybe weren't going to do that to me. Um, and so I was playing with uh, Gannon, Matteo, and Eagle, and we had a good time. And so, uh, yeah, I was able to put together some hot fire to start out the last round. So going into the last round, you know in your head, hey, I would have to go shoot crazy to win. Are you thinking that in your head? Like, I am in this to try to do everything and more that I can do in this last round. I'm trying all out. Or were you just like, hey, let's just go out and have fun again? Like, what was your mindset? Um, I think my mindset was I'm pretty much out of it. Ten strokes against Isaac, who's played flawlessly. Like he played so good the first three rounds. I haven't, I didn't watch his final round yet, so I don't know how he played. I'm sure it was great. Um, but like watching him, he just wasn't making mistakes. He wasn't missing cuts. He wasn't missing gaps. And I'm just like, yeah, there's no like, even if I shoot 18, all he needs is an eight to tie. And I feel like he could shoot an eight, no problem. So, um. I, I was talking to Nicholas in the field beforehand and I was like, he was like, do you think it's possible? I was like, bro, it's sports. It's possible. You know what I mean? But it's going to take someone shooting really hot to start and that's going to have to rattle him a little bit. And then he's going to have to mess up because of too much nerves, which we hadn't seen him do. Um, so I, I didn't, I knew somebody could catch him. I didn't really think it was me. That wasn't really my, uh, like my thought going into it is like, I need to start hot to apply pressure. Um, but, you know, I birdie hole one, and that's good. And then I park hole two, and that's good. And then I hit a nice putt on three, and I get a turkey, and then that's good. And then I hit a big putt on four, and I'm like, okay, you know, it's kind of on. And then I par five, which felt like a birdie because I hit a tree. And then, you know, putt on six, putt on seven, putt on eight, good scramble on nine. And I'm like, oh, crap, like I haven't parred in a while. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, um, it, it just kind of all came together and was happening. And then I realized – I think I birdied hole nine and I was walking to the next hole and Gannon was like, Hey, keep it up. And I was like, okay. And he was like, no, please, please do it. And I was like, okay. Um, and then I birdied 10, nearly ace 11, almost Eagle 12. And uh, me and Gavin were talking about it. And there's, there's some world out there where <laughs> I throw my drive on 11, a little bit to the right and a little bit lower and I ace it. And then I throw the exact same tee shot on 12. And then on my upshot, I barely, barely missed the tree that I barely hit. And I make a circle putt in the circle putt. And I'm I'm just 13 down through 12. Yeah. That like that, like, and I don't mm -hmm. I don't there's I'm not saying I eagle uh 12 after acing eleven, but like it I it was really it was crazy to see. And I really think it all just kind of goes back to the Waffle House I had that morning where I left one little triangle of waffle. Um, I think I eat that and, and I'm 13 down through through 12. But yeah, that's fast. Um, that's a bar. Hard to say. He said yeah. he said he was actually fixated for a while. I don't I don't remember which holes, Nick. Maybe you remember. He was fixated for a while on. Uh oh, like this is getting closer than I thought it would be. 
Well, yeah, I think he said he checked scores after hole six, and then at that point, every single time he got a par in a hole, he was like, well, there goes another one, there goes another one, there goes another one. And then, you know, obviously hearing the roaring, that probably happened when you just barely missed 11. And uh, so, yeah, he, he he was feeling the pressure. Right, and that's awesome. Like, I, 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 like he gave me a hug afterwards, and he was like, you were making yeah. me sweat. And I was like, yep. that's awesome. Like, I didn't, that, you know, that, that makes me feel great. I didn't know how close yeah. I got. I knew um, – I needed to birdie out after my my bogey on 14 just to have like any sort of any sort of shot but it's a weird mentality switch to go from let's let's just let's i just kept saying all week i just want to cash um but and that's not really what was happening but you know a mentality switch of just like i just want to play well put together a good round and get a good finish to like okay pars seem like um like a bogey at this point Mm -hmm. the pace is birdies on everything um and it sucks that I didn't shoot, you know, 17 down to tie him. But, and it's weird to say that, but that was the pace I was on through 12 holes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's a long time. So um, it was just, it was a bizarre feeling to to go from like, let's have a good round to if I birdie out, I could win a major. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some birdies, let's say I, I birdie 14 and 15, that applies crazy pressure to Isaac going into those holes. And uh, like, who who knows what happens? But um, just just a bizarre round in general. Who knows yeah. what happens? Well, and you could have another Chase yeah. Card winner, which is the year of Chase Card winners. But uh, yeah, I go know. ahead, Nick. I'm trying to remember what I was going to say now, but you definitely because he oh he uh, when we were joking earlier about why'd you bogey those two holes, and you're like, oh, I wanted to you know let him win in front of his family and everything like that. Because he said he had looked at his dad and was talking to him and say like, I'm going to be the guy who loses a ten stroke lead the final round in a major <laughs> just a chase card like. That's literally what's happening right now. Um, So, I mean, incredible, incredible work to apply that pressure and knowing a lot of these players do check the scores. And when all of a sudden there's a player on a heater, we've seen it out of a lot of players in the past, Gannon Burr, especially this year, Simon Lazar coming back from the chase card, Kyle Klein. You know, we've seen Paul McBeth and Ricky do it in years past. So, I mean, just to be able to put yourself in that position and the way that you were throwing the disc is, you know, it, it was incredible to watch. Yeah, it, it was a bizarre thing to like to make that switch into like trying to win, but also the thought that I had, I don't I think it was hole 11 or something, where it's like, okay, if I do win, then I win a major. One, that's wild. Two, if I win, I win a major coming back 10 strokes in the final round mm-hmm. and to win from chase card. And like I can't have one without the other, but it was just it was crazy to think about both of those things like having a real possibility to happen um was this your best performance ever in disc golf this this event yeah i think so yeah is that that was an easy that was an easy answer yeah i mean we're looking at it going that's incredible it's a major top four Uh, yeah you should be proud of that um what events are you planning to play the rest of the year uh you're driving somewhere with gavin (laughs) are you going down to jonesboro Yep, we're on our way to Jonesboro. Um, so I'll be playing that, and then I'll be going home. And so uh, I moved the thing, and now we're, we're scooting. But uh, So, yeah, I'm going to be playing Jonesboro. I'll be going home for about the entire month of May. And then – so I'll miss West Coast and Europe, um, although I did qualify for European Open. So we'll see. I don't, I don't think it's happening, but mm-hmm. I did qualify, so that's fine. Um, and then I'll be playing a lot of the, uh, the finishing tournaments. So I think I'll be at, you know, preserve, 
um, pretty much pretty much everything throughout the month of uh, like June, July, and some August. Um, we've seen you play well at other events. And so when I asked, is this your best, it's probably ramped up because it's the, a major and it's a high finish. You've, you've played well at other events though. Do you think, I mean, like you said, champions cup, WR Jackson, those courses, the course plays well for you. Do you feel like this skill level that we saw is going to translate in other places to continue to see you in these top 10, top 15 finishes? Like, how do you feel? I mean, uh, I certainly hope that's the case. Um, I think this course set up to my game really nice. I got to throw a C-line FD on pretty much every hole. And um, that's that's something that I get excited about it on the tee, just to, to grab that disc and rip it down a gap. So um, that's exciting. But I think some good takeaways is I think I was 15th in circle two uh, percentage. And, um, and I, I only missed four putts in the circle. So mm. that's like, uh, those are good numbers. And that's something I've been working on a lot. And I didn't give myself like a ton of looks because I was throwing the disc so well. But uh, I think just it's going to be easier just to, to build upon the momentum. But also just once you do it one time, I think it, it becomes a lot more tangible and just easier to accomplish later on. So um, I, I certainly hope that I'll be able to to bring up, you know, my general performances. And I think this is kind of I don't think. Earlier in the year, I thought that I was going to be playing this well this soon, but I definitely, after playing um, Waco and the Open at Austin, they were like, not, you know, I played okay and had glimpses of greatness, good rounds, just too many bogeys and stuff like that. And had, I think I got 20 something at Waco and 40th at Austin or something like that, but um, could definitely see the pieces starting to get closer um, together before they just snap in place. So, um, I'm excited moving forward, and I, I hope that's the case. I don't expect to be on every lead card moving forward and shooting hot round on lead card. Um, but I think it's going to be – I think it's only positive takeaways. Nice. So this bo- cool. this boosts your confidence then, right? Um, I was pretty confident before. Um, I think it, it probably does, yeah. Um, but overall, it, it, I don't think I'm – it felt a lot more normal than I thought. For sure. There you go. Uh, intern Ben right. has a intern Ben has a question. Oh, go ahead. So, oh, intern Ben here. Everyone's <laughs> raving in the chat. I just want to speak on on Silas. I was a uh, one day. Uh, I just hit him up, and he gave me this whole comprehensive because I was struggling with putting. We on the video, and I just want to speak on his character. He actually took the time for to for me to literally send me a video and like help me out with punting and give me instructions. So chat's raving about him. And I just want to give my personal experience that, uh, I don't know, it was a few months ago when I was terrible at putting still am, <laughs> but yeah, I just want to <laughs> let, let, let the world know, uh, he's a good kid. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now my DMs going to be flooded with people trying yep. to get putting oh. advice. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, so besides for Silas being a great dude, um, he's also a massive distance thrower. And so instead of everyone just messaging on on him on Instagram about, Hey, how can I throw further? Let's just have you give us a quick 20 second tip on if someone's going out there to try to throw better golf distance, what would you say could help him out for back end? 
Hmm, backhand distance. I love this question. I get it all the time of people just being like, <laughs> oh, what is the one thing that takes me yeah. from 300 feet to 550? And I'm like, which obviously there's not one thing. It's so yeah. many things and it could be so many things. I don't mm -hmm. know what you're doing right or wrong. I have no, who, who knows? For me, what turned a corner was, um, I always threw pretty far. I've been throwing since I was little. My backhand, uh, I generated distance going low to high with a swooping mm -hmm. motion, um, sort of like Emerson Keith, but for my arm was like further out. And so that was, it's, it's a viable way of getting distance. It's just hard to have nose angle control. And so how I fixed that was during quarantine, I just didn't throw for like a long time. And then when I came back, I only threw putters and mids and did field work. I didn't like play any rounds. Um, and so whenever I did that, that pretty much just leveled out my form. I think throwing putters and mids, um, whenever you can throw those far and well, that's when, um, drivers are going to start clicking so i think that's my biggest advice and that's what nobody wants to hear is throw your drivers in the closet and just throw putters and mids during field work for like a month and a half um but i really think that helps also just filming your form and looking at it in real time while you're out there just to kind of tweak things or see what you're doing wrong um even like last night i went and played top golf with simon and i was like hitting nukes but they were all curving over the net and then he was like Oh, just move your foot. Don't pull your, you know, I was pulling my back foot up. He's like, don't do that. Keep it playing and move your foot this way. And, and I'm <laughs> just doing all, oh, just hitting super nukes. Not really. I was not that good. But um, I think just a couple of quick tweaks watching your form can really just help. So throw a lot of putters and mids. Whenever you can throw a putter straight and far, then you'll be able to throw a distance driver as well, too. I, I, will, I will say, I will say, everyone. Do not hit him up. I'm sorry. I, like, I, <laughs> it was late. just a, it, it, we mentioned him on the show, and that's how we got talking. And then yeah. I just asked him that. That's how it happened. It wasn't like a random. Ben, ben used this clout. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. He was on the show. Um, mentioned on the show. Something. Like thank you for taking this time. By the way, we know you're traveling. Yes. I got one or two more questions here. So, did Matt? First of all, he gets brought up on our show fairly often now. Matt Schlebach, <laughs> right? Schlebach, yeah. Yeah. And he does this meat interview thing, and I'm named Matt, and I like cooking and smoking meats. If he makes it out here for the the playoff event at MVP Open, I don't know who he's going to caddy for because he's caddying for you, he's caddying for Gannon, he's caddying for whoever's doing well, apparently. And I don't know if how that's yeah. planned out. But what do you think? What was it like having him on the bag? I mean, we've been seeing him with Gannon lately. How'd that work out? Uh, it, it was good. He caddied for a game in round one and then I was on lead card and he liked my card better. He's so like, he caddied for me, uh, round two. He's, he's a, he's a lead card major caddy. That's what he does. You know what I mean? And, uh, he gets W's. So it was really just good to have him there just to have a friend on the lead card. You know, it can be intense, um, and stressful. And so just to have someone to, to talk to, I think was, was, was really nice. And so, um, it was cool to have him there. And um, he, he caddied for a couple holes for Gannon during the final round. <laughs> Gannon fired him, so then he came to me. Um, and then he, he finished out with both our bags on 18. That's so nice. uh, it was just it was good to have someone to talk to. For That's sure. awesome. Yeah, so Matt, if you're listening, I know you have. You've tagged this up before. Uh, yeah, if you're coming out for MVP Open, we're down to catch up. We'll get in a round and Party smoke steak battles. Grill. All the right. Matt versus oh. Matt steak battle. Yeah. And, okay, we'll take it to the course, which I think he's better than me at the course, too. He's probably better than me grilling and smoking, but we can try. And everybody wins in that case if, if they come over for the meats. I don't think he can grow a beard like that, though. You have that. Oh, but the really mustache. Good. I've seen the stash. He did have to yeah. shave it, I guess. But, all right. Now he just got a whole segment. There he's you go. He's infamous. Man. Yeah. Somehow. Okay. <laughs> You're infamous, in turn, Ben. But 
Thank you. But the way, <laughs> but the way that Matt stares into the camera on DGN coverage, even the commentators are like, now everybody, don't stare into his eyes. Like they're saying that live. It's incredible. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Um, did we miss anything that you want to talk about? I mean, this is people in here are loving you. They said they're following you now. You've gained new fans apparently. Like anything else you want to talk awesome. about? Hmm. <laughs> no. Oh yeah. Gavin's telling me to, to plug my stuff. I got some stuff uh, to plug. I just want to thank my sponsors, Dismania, Team Figgins, and Grip Equipment. Um, if you guys are following me on Instagram, that's awesome. All of the stuff that I can plug is in my bio there. So um, using my discount code uh, to get a grip bag for cheap and support me, that's awesome. Also, I got some pins with my face on it, and they're huge. So if you want my face on your bag <laughs> all the time, uh, you can do that. I also have some discs. Um that are on the Team Figgins website. You can find that teamfiggins.com or in my bio. Um, we're also going to be dropping some hats and discs and fun stuff soon. So um, just be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Do you guys have anything that you feel like you missed? Any burning questions for me? Intern Ben usually catches us if we fall, but I don't think there's anything yeah. we missed. No. What about Sat Mando? He didn't say anything. Oh, yeah. Or, bring him up. Yeah, Let's go four up. Go four up. Go four up. Give him some stats. Well, I got some things running, but it's taken a little bit of time and I'm not ready yet. How, but, how long? Uh, Another minute? Three minutes? I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with it. Usually it takes, this one is a little hefty. It takes like 60 seconds and it's 65 seconds right now and it's not loaded that's yet. That's okay. So we can talk a little sweating. Let's, yeah, let's, let's but, hurry it up, Statman. Silas, you were, you were, we had you ranked 74th going into this event and you took down a top five finish, a top four at that. You're one of the few people to be ranked that low to start with to finish that high at a major. Uh, so I thought that was very incredible, cool to see. So I, I, I'm waiting on the exact numbers right now, but it's like five people who have done that at a U.S. major. There's been a lot more at like European majors where the field size yeah. is a little bit thinner, but um, I thought that was very cool. Um, you also, your best finish, uh, and you said you called this your best finish. Your best finish before this event on tour was 14th at a GMC. I think you had a silver at 14th as well. Um, mm. But so this one. I played with him second round at that event. Yeah. Nice. Disgusting. That's Look at that. He just throws it a freaking mile and I'm like, oh, here we go. I'm just going to try to make a putt right now. <laughs> Hey, it just loaded right now, 118 seconds, so a little bit behind. But, um, oh, you know what? I saw this earlier and should have said it once we realized that Gavin was in the car. Uh, Gavin oh. Babcock, last year at Champions Cup, was ranked 80th going into that event, and you finished oh. fifth. Gotcha. This year, Silas nope, was... I got fourth. <laughs> yeah. You're right. He's right. Dang it. Yeah, how does that work? Uh, and then Silas, you're seventy fourth and finished fourth. The other two notable ones at uh, for MPO at US Space Majors was Tristan Tanner last year was ninetieth uh, heading into Worlds and he finished basically third. Won mm -hmm. uh, basically won Worlds, yeah. yeah. And then uh, you have to go back to Patrick Brown at twenty fourteen USDGC was ranked one sixteen and finished fourth. Dang, sheesh! There you go. That was fun. Yeah. Great way yeah. to bring up Evan because we just forget he's there sometimes in the background. Hey, I appreciate it. Yeah, that's I, I just get left behind a lot. Yeah, he, so I nice think he's the valued. first guest to mention where's Evan. I'm I was missing you, Evan. I was like, where is he at? I just had to talk to these three guys the whole time, but I want to see Evan. Yeah, exactly. We, I appreciate that's it. why we he see came Evan in show. our green room, so it's like he's always there, but you don't. Yeah. So there you go. Um that was good. Anything else? That's it. That's pretty hot. That's good shooting. Mm. Yeah, I think just, hmm, I'll make it quick. Just the last 
kind of closing remarks. Um, I think the context to like my full journey is like I went on the road last year, um, set up like the best putt that I could um, going into the new season. And it, it was it was still kind of working out the kinks and then got completely wrecked by the winds at Waco, never recovered throughout Texas, mm. retooled my putt, went to um, Tallahassee, got 14th at a silver series. The next week did my worst putting performance of my life at Champions Cup. And then finished out the year at DDO doing not very good. And so then went home for a summer, redid my putt, and um, had some respectable finishes on tour, finishing um, my last one at 14th. So I think uh, there's a lot of people that will like look at my stats and just see like, oh, well, he's like 60% circle one. How is like, that's terrible. Well, it's like I was putting like decent the second half of the year, the first year kind of crushed my numbers. So um, I think if you're just looking at the numbers and the stats, it looks like a little bit more shocking than it maybe <laughs> actually is. Um, but it's it's cool to see just like that I was actually able to turn it around. And I feel like this is like the landmark event to see me go from like not cashing or being close to like hunting down Isaac Robinson and making his family slightly upset at me because I was scaring <laughs> him off. Well, you're it. Perfect way to put it. You're with the right group of people. Like you guys are all mingling together and you guys are taking it on the on the road literally. People are enjoying like I don't know if you're going to make it in any of Alden's vlogs, but they're feeling like this is like a he sitcom. A sitcom that they're watching. It plays out on DGN. Then they get to see you on the podcast. It's it's really cool. This is a great place this golf's at. Um we appreciate you taking time. It appears to me that you guys pulled over and stopped. I don't know if it was. Yeah, we're at Taco Bell right now. Okay, ta well, there's Very a win too. Uh, wasn't that Gannon? That was Gannon who said Taco Bell was the the dinner of winners. Yeah. So I brought him. I brought him to Taco Bell right before he won his first elite series. There, that's nice. what he was telling. Okay, he told us that. Yeah. So it's the it's the answer, guys. Taco Bell. Taco Bell and Waffle House. <laughs> we'll do it. All right. Well, we're gonna let you go. Uh, travel safe, and we'll yep. follow you out there the rest of your journey. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Peace Good out. Good luck, Silas and Gavin. All right, everybody, that was, <laughs> yeah. peace out. That was uh, Silas Schultz and Gavin Babcock. Featured guest, Gavin Babcock. The bicep of Gavin Babcock. That was hilarious. <laughs> Whose bicep I wish, is that? I wish he would have kept it a secret and said everyone guessed in the chat. That would have been fun. Well, Nick, what a well, packed Matt. show. A packed show. Yeah. I'm not going to start up another topic because... <laughs> We're at the top of the I don't hour. Think it's necessary. Yes, yeah, not. Yeah. I mean, there's literally 20 more topics or more, but there there is one topic that we kind of have okay. to go through. G given. Okay. Jonesboro picks. Yes. Kevin Jones. We do have to talk about Jonesboro <laughs> picks because that is happening this weekend. So we're all looking to Ben. We're gonna let Ben oh, start first. Boy. Oh boy. The prophet. Yeah, I was gonna hat. say he is the prophet. Full right screen now. for a second. That's yeah. the prophet hat. I think. So we got strawberry, uh, shortcake. If you uh, get Joe, Joel Freeman, if you get this right, Ben, with that hat on, then you have to wear the hat every time you get, we'll, we'll promote you. Go ahead. Who's going to win me? It can't be a top three Not player. Promote like job position, promote. Oh, you guys do. Like, um, dang, you guys are putting me on the spot right now. I'm gonna have to do some data analysis. No, I have to do. I'm all, I'm all about all gut, all heart. Who do I feel is gonna win Jonesboro? Let me just do a quick query search. 
Uh, I'll right go. Now. You guys will be stunned. This will be my third time this year picking him. Calvin Heimberg. Back Calvin to back. Heimberg. I'm doing it back to back. Back to back. Dude, this is tough. If Ricky was healthy and not sitting out, which by the way, that is another topic, but just news news um, break here. He's You've probably seen it. Lyme's disease is keeping him out for who knows how long. So mm-hmm. he's out. But otherwise, I mean... I think we have to kind of feel like, not have to, Gannon could do it again, but I'm going to go with Calvin again. Yep, Calvin, and um, man, it's hard. I picked Paige. You guys know this. I picked Paige. I didn't know she was dealing with tendonitis, like all that stuff. Yeah, that seems kind of like, that completely went right under the radar until this past week, and I was like, dang, I didn't even know that was happening to her right now, so. Like, it was a, I knew it was a long shot, but I thought there was a chance she could do it. Then it obviously played really bad for her, (laughs) but. Man, Kristen took it down last time, didn't she? I feel like Paige was talking about how much she loves this course and how she likes playing it. Um, I, I can't pick anybody else besides Kristen right now. If Kristen's in it, I'm going to pick yeah. her until she proves otherwise. So I'm back to Kristen. Here we go. So uh, Calvin and Kristen. Well, I'm not going to pick the winner of the Champions Cup, but I'm going to pick the player who got second, and that is Eagle McMahon. Mm, that was I good think to Eagle see. is going to pop off and get this Jonesboro win. I think it's a course that sets up beautifully for him. We're seeing that he is slowly coming back into stride with some massive putts, some great drives this past weekend, starting to forehand a little bit more, which is obviously such a dominant part of his game. Um, I would love to say I would love to see Eagle win this event, and then uh, I'm going to go very boring for FBO side and say Chris and Tatar by a mile. <laughs> I don't know. I, now, if we're going to refine our picks, I'm not going to say by a mile, but I think it'll be closer than what we just saw, which is what eight strokes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Evan, what I do would you think? I, I'll do a five dollar side bet against you, Matt. I think More than it's eight? by. Uh, I think the over is eight. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to say oh, yeah. over eight. I'm taking the over. I'm going to take Hold under. On. That's actually a good thing. I know who uh, I'm picking. Well, Ben, why don't you go first? All right. This is all gut. All heart. It's not going to surprise anyone this time. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be right more than he wants no, to get a hot no. pick. No, It is kind of a hot pick because I am picking the one and only. Matty-o. He did. matty wow, I think. I think... <laughs> So no, that's a good, no, that's a due. hot pick. That is a hot pick. It's a hot yeah. pick, but if I think he gets Matty O Evan back to back with Isaac and then Matty, you o. have to eat a hot chip. You you want to know something funny? <laughs> I will eat a hot chip. And Matty this is o. on record. No, get out of here, Evan. This is you I, hate Matty O. Come oh, on, dude. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop, stop, stop. I love Matty O. I just don't never know. to win. I just don't know if Matty O will ever win. He's going to win. I just I don't know. It felt like I have it publicly on record. I will eat a hot chip. I don't know if I'll do it live unless everyone feels comfortable running the show. That's fine. I can run. But I will eat a hot chip if Matteo wins at Jonesboro. Okay. Bet. What's about your FPO? And I, honestly, I, I'm close to making that bet, but you already did. So I'm not going to make that bet. <laughs> I'm going to get out of it. FPO, <laughs> like the one time I didn't pick my girl cat merch, she popped off. So I have to go back and say, cat. Merch. There's got to be a different way to say like Matty O. Cat merch. Cat merch. No, I can't do it. <laughs> I just like cat. Don't merch. do that again. <laughs> Matty O. All right, Evan, you're this up. This is too. This is too much for me. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm going bold with FPO, which according to Hannah McBeth, I shouldn't. But or I, there, it's not being bold. I should say. I don't know that she might be like Evan. You got it all wrong. So I don't really know where I'm going with this. 
I'm going similar to Ben, but a little bit different. I'm going Katrina Allen. Yeah. Uh, she's one here in the past. It 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 feels yes. crazy to not pick Chris Tatar. I'm admitting that you probably should just pick Chris Tatar. I made that picks. mistake last week, Evan. That's why I'm back to Kristen. I don't think I've ever but, picked Kristen. But I don't think so. Where where was it? Uh, Jonesboro's seen a lot of blowouts in FPO. The last three years, the winner has won by eight strokes <gasps> uh, each time, which has oh Nick changed each of the last three years. Last year it was ten. If it's last year eight, was ten by Tatar, neither of us win. Nick before was Katrina yes. Allen by yeah. eight. The year before that was Paige Pierce by thirteen, who's actually won it five straight years, four straight years, uh, and one of those other years she won by ten. So we've seen four eight plus stroke victories at just the you know five. I I'm so six six years we've seen Jonesboro on tour. <laughs> That's crazy. I I got my MPO pick. I, I'm picking Sam Lazat on the podium. I'm actually picking. I kind of feel like Garrett Gerthy on the podium. I almost picked him Ooh. as like a a wild pick, but I can't go two wilds. Uh, I'm gonna go Gannon Burr. That yeah, Gannon Burr. That was kind of what Thank I was you. saying. I was like, right, it could be Matt, Gannon Burr. Cl- uh, ben, get ready to clip it. We'll have this ready for next week for everyone. That's right. We made it to the end of the show, Nick. We did. Everybody, thank you so much. I just want to give a quick little shout out to everyone who came to my two-disc challenge this past weekend in Virginia Beach. That was one of the most humbling and greatest experiences that I've had in the sport of disc golf so far. So shout out to all of you. I can't wait to potentially run some more in the future in different areas. But anyways, thank you everybody for tuning in to this awesome Monday night. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe on the video. Check us out on all your podcast platforms. Shout out to all of you 9,000 subscribers. When we started the show three years ago, never really thought we would make it this far and we're still steady climbing so we appreciate and love all of you don't forget to tell someone you love them this week we'll catch you on the next one intern ben it was nice tying you this week yes i hope hope it happens again you're awesome i'm gonna be nick you're awesome evan you're awesome all of our guests you're awesome until next week everybody peace out it's the nick and matt show the nick and matt show a disc golf podcast designed for you the disc golfer find the nick and matt show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on youtube